Sip on the go with a Starbucks iced shaken espresso. Our signature roast, shaken with ice, then finished with a splash of milk. Customize it to match your style on the Starbucks app. Make today a good day. You're listening to the Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus, and I am Mitch LaFawn. Find me on Twitter at Mitch LaFawn. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because the album review crew is back with episode number 36. We are calling this one, Be Ready to Settle for Nothing Now, Motherfuck Uncle Sam. Hear me tell Zeus, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, and understand that anger is a gift. Get ready for the filth, flarn, filth, flarn, filth. (laughs) On this episode, Tommy Zeus, how are you? Oh, my God. Isn't this great? I love it. I love it. Rage against the machine. If you told me when we first came up with the ARC idea that eventually we'd get to an album like this, I'd be like, nah, no way. If right, Zeus? Told me, if you would have told me we were going to get to this album, Sonny would have been like, I'm busy for the next three years. I can't do ARC. Sorry. Who are you? Not, Where'd you come not, from? Not, not, not interested. I'm all set. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're off a little bit of the the kind of trajectory we were on when we first started this little sidecast. We just did R.E.M. Rush. And rage against the machine, kind of a little bit out of our wheelhouse. A little, we'll get we'll get back into it. If things come around, we'll get back into it. You know, not every episode could be great white. <laughs> yeah, great white. I know that was one of my picks too. That's right. I, love, I know. Yeah. I think the I think the, I think everybody needs to prepare for the fact that Sonny has the next pick. Ooh. Well, I could tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to be Rat because I don't want to do four shitty bands in a row. Oh. oh. <laughs> Why did Rat come out? Because I think he's looking for the R. He's going with the R. R, R, R. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, I'm really behind right now. REM. Rush and and Rage. rage. What did we do before REM? Black Tiger. Y&T. Sonny's going to do Ralph Tresvant to keep the R's going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Oh, boy. Yes. Zeus is a little bit under the weather, so... uh, Hopefully, yeah. hopefully he uh, isn't doing any killing in the name of during this episode. Yes. If you hear somebody puking or shitting themselves <laughs> live, that'd be me. Oh, boy. Yes. No, don't do it. Yeah. So um, before we go backwards, we go forwards. Or before we go forward, <laughs> we go backwards. I'm already fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> This is going to be a good one. Oh, this is wake up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, uh, last week, last month, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Last time we did Rush. Did you remember to do a poll? 
I remember all the time. Now, you know why I remember? Because you hammered it into my head that the day after the episode drops, the poll drops. That's how I remember now. Sweet. Yep. So we did a poll for Rush songs, I assume. Yep. Moving pictures. Yep. Okay. Yep. And our four options were Limelight, YYZ, Red Barchetta, and Tom Sawyer. And Limelight comes in first at 36%. Tom Sawyer at 30 Red Barchetta or Barchetta at 27. And my poor instrumental YYZ comes in at 7%. And a couple comments about the episode and the poll. Of course, uh, Sonny's coined a new term. Hopefully it's not offensive to people, but uh, apparently there's a thing called rush tards. <laughs> and uh, we're going to, f- we're going to, we're going to find out this month. If, uh, if, 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 if rage tards exist. um but our buddy moving on 266-0850 we know he's a huge rush fan wow Uh, is that a positive thing that is a yes (laughs) yes that is a positive thing uh great review as someone who listens to a lot of live albums rush changes the set list up so much for each tour i never get tired of a particular concert release so he's talking to stop doing rush songs oh how dare you (laughs) my goodness here we go here it comes Our buddy, I love it louder. I agree with Tom. This side one has got to be one of the best in terms of four songs in a row has to be up there. Tom, I will give you credit. I mean, I I know people like Rush and all this stuff. I've never heard. I I was kind of aghast when you said, oh, this is one of the the best sides. There were a couple people that echoed your sentiment. So I stand corrected. I thought it was outrageous. I'm the one who didn't understand. Apparently, there are a lot of rush tards out there that think this side is this side of uh, the best side since, I don't know, um, Love Gun, Pretty Boy Floyd's fourth album. I don't know. Oh, boy. Somewhere in time, side A is better. I don't know one song on that album. Yeah, you do. Only wasted, wasted years. Oh, okay. Wasted, wasted years. years. Great song, go. but okay. I don't somewhere in time. Wasted years. See a madness. Heaven can wait, dude. That's much better. Mm, that's wrong, but that's okay. Can I play with madness? No, sea of madness. Can I play with madness? <laughs> is a next album. Can I play with Poonie? That's the other. That's the B side. <laughs> yes, you can. Because I saw that picture of you two hugging, and I was. Oh jealous. yeah, yeah, dude. Joey Casada is the new Tim Breen, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He has this thing where he not, needs to send us photos of each of us. He he honestly, we Zeus and I are the new Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer Photoshop people. <laughs> what the fuck? It is unbelievable. Oh my god. Uh, anyways, Ugh. back to Rush. Back to our band. Uh Clark Side of the Moon. Finally a Rush album. My second band after Kiss. Respect for Sonny and Zeus for not just trashing Rush, even though it isn't their thing. Okay, I think you guys got a lot of uh, kudos for that. Uh, our buddy King Kusano, I'm with Sonny and Zeus on this one. I respect the hell out of this band, and I do enjoy some songs, but there's too much going on. My buddy from high school used to call them algebraic rock. <laughs> and so, I, so what you're saying is, King Kusano, is you're just not bright enough to like rush. It's okay. He's it's okay. drunk. It's more like trigonometry than it is. He's algebra. drunk. No, no, that's only during the live streams with us. Holy shit. 
<laughs> uh, Keith. Oh, oh, and then he then he then he follows up with a hashtag. Dumb it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. <laughs> Doctor Two posts a gif from Seinfeld. It says, "This is Zeus and Sunny on this episode," and it's a gif of George talking to Jerry, saying, "I don't know. I like stuff you don't have to think much about." Uh, Paul, Paul Rosenthal has a picture of one of the wicked witches from the Disney movie. And it says, <laughs> he goes, my daughter thought Getty Lee's performance was outstanding in snow white. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. That's awful. Our buddy Jack broad. We haven't heard from jerky Jack broad in a while. One of the greatest albums ever produced, but I would actually oh, put Jesus. signals. I would put signals oh. slightly ahead of this masterpiece. Jack broad. We agree. My friend signals slightly ahead all right oh oh and our buddy west beach he says ah. come on west he says ah i guess it was inevitable just like axel i can't listen to getty lee's voice i will listen yes. but i i will listen but i don't think my mind will be changed looking forward to Sonny's next pick to reel it back in he just skips right over my pick because he knows it's probably <laughs> something he ain't gonna like although i have a feeling west might like rage against the machine i don't know we'll find out Last yeah, I don't see here. that. I don't see that happening. I don't, yeah, <laughs> Wes is hard to predict. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Our buddy Carl Mastenbrook. This album is my favorite album. So glad. So glad you guys covered Rush. Tom, no matter what Zeus and Sonny say, Rush is the best. No, you're not allowed to like them, Tom. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> All right. That's Twitter. All right. I'm getting my second wind here. Look out. Yeah. All right, we're going to start over on Facebook. Chris Ritchie, a life-changing album for me. As a Torontonian and a young bassist, this concert was second only to my first Kiss concert in Toronto. It still has a lasting impact on me. I strive for that bass sound, too. Even in my Kiss tribute, I sound more like Getty. Ooh. As long as you don't look like him, you'll be okay, brother. <laughs> Come on. Poor Getty. He's a nice man. He's a kind man. Chris L. A triumph in all three phases. <laughs> Songwriting, performances, and production. Tony Griggs. Here's some rush for you. I don't know who Tony Griggs is. Maybe he might be related to Tony Gurria, the wrestler. But um, <laughs> okay. he writes... Chris, cool, man. Thanks for the heads up. You know me pretty well. Rush is on my Mount Rushmore of bands. Of course they are. Any clear-headed thinking American or music fan in general, Canadian, Rush, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. It's right there in the name, Mount Rushmore. That's why it's called that. Paul Hader. Rush is a real fine wine of a band. In my youth, I bought a couple of their albums but I was much more into Metallica, Van Halen, Def Leppard, etc. Just like I was more into drinking tequila shooters and glasses of Ryan Coke. Now I'm getting old and I have all the time in the world for maybe the best band to ever come out of Canada. Whoo, that's a big, that's a lot of bands there, huh? Uh, their songs aren't work to me. Their journeys traveled with incredibly gifted tour guides. Lay back. Grab a more sophisticated beverage and soak in all the layers of goodness. Oh, and yeah, limelight is perfection. Rest in peace, Mr. Hurt. 
disappeared. God damn it. <laughs> Screw fine wine. Jack no, what a, what a, what a, see that right there. That's a rush fan. Very, very articulate, very thoughtful, very, cere- very cerebral. As Sonny says, ver- as Sonny says, very long winded, pompous, boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sneed Rock. Okay, so story time about a female Rush fan. Uh-oh. It was when Rush released their test for Echo record, and me and my buddies traveled two hours to see Rush in Toronto. Mistake number one. We drove down early and made a day out of hanging out in the big city. Date uh, Mistake number two. As we're walking downtown, a blonde girl noticed my friend's Rush shirt and said, hey, I'm going to see the show tonight as well. Nope, lie. Things that well, never happened. That's never happened. We started chatting with the girl and nope. found her name was Jill. And she was a huge Rush fan. And nope. not only that, but she told us that she thought Getty Lee was the hottest man alive. This whole thing is complete horseshit. <laughs> nope. I still remember her Midwestern accent. She was either from Cleveland or Chicago. I remember starting. Uh, it started with the C saying like, Oh my God, Getty Lee's like the hottest man ever. Uh, we were in disbelief. Great play, bass player, yes. Unique singer, yes. Hottest man ever. And she was kind of cute as well. I wanted to share this story in case she's a loudcaster and maybe can chime in regarding her taste in Canadian bass players. No, the 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 least believable part of that story was that a cute Midwestern blonde was going to a Rush concert. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I don't see that happen. No. And she obviously had some vision impairments if she thinks Getty Lee's handsome. I love Getty, but let's be serious. <laughs> or she had a third leg. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they, uh, he ranked uh, Tom Sawyer's number one. Okay. And that was, uh, Sneed, that was Sneed Rock? Yes. All right. Nice. Michael okay. Anderson says, Pony is going to make you guys pay. Yep. First, the cyanide pill known as R.E.M., now the band guaranteed not to get you laid rush. <laughs> Be prepared for sleazebees or another band that replaces the S with a Z. Oh, man. Our buddy, ABCPA Inc. man himself, Tony Barone. All right. I'm so happy I am crying. Oh, that's good. You know what? He is also going to be so happy. He loves rage. So this is a double back-to-back, a whammy, double whammy for Tony right here. That's because Tool is on this album. That's true. That's right. Uh, Michael Murphy says, and quotes, Tom Gelati, one of the best side ones ever. And then there's the the gif of uh, the people from Chappelle show laughing. That's okay. Tom, Tom replies with, did I stutter? Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's okay. Brad Rustoven, well done, patrons. Awesome pick. As expected, too many drop dropping comments by Sonny to count. But maybe the most shocking was that he that he had never seen E.T. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> oh. I topped it because we were doing an episode on growing up rock, and I said, I've never seen Fast Time at Ridgemont High. That, uh, that's why I'm convinced that you were locked in a storage container for your formative years. No, see, never Fast seen Time, it. I understand. Because you were young and that movie was an R movie and stuff. Maybe you, you didn't have cable or whatever. Your parents wouldn't allow you. 
Vatican and Sam, but E.T.? I just Yikes. don't like the sci-fi stuff. Never have. It's not a, it's, a, it's a kids movie. It's a family movie. You don't like anything. Aren't no, you like Adventures sabot- of Babysitting was awesome. It's terrible. Aren't you like a sabotage? No, that's, that's Steve, isn't it? Sabotage. <laughs> that was Steve. Colored vinyl. <laughs> he buys his album by his... By the medieval toys they have in the front. <laughs> I Quiet, forgot. I'm like, yeah. why it's sunny. Sunny may pick that next pick after this. Oh, he ain't picking fucking. Oh, hell no. You Every like- time the 62 comes up with a record and an album, I just type in why <laughs> question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know not, I forgot. Yeah. He's not into the like Dungeons and Dragons. No, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the 62. <All> <laughs> loudcasters page joe decker yeah joe a band i played back in the day covered yyz the bass player and drummer were huge rush fans gotta say i did enjoy playing the guitar so i enjoyed watching people try to dance to it when we (laughs) snuck it in between motley crew and slaughter oh my god that's good what the fuck Michael Galanti. I don't I don't think I've ever heard it, but I got to read this. Zeus and Paul and Pooney are uneducated dolts. There you go. That's my burner account. <laughs> I felt like punching Pooney in the face <laughs> out of frustration for his inability to listen to a song over three minutes <laughs> and understand multi-syllabic words. Oh. <laughs> Great episode, regardless. Uh, By the way, I sort of agree that Witch Hunt is almost as long as this episode. First time commenter, <laughs> but a long time listener. Love you, brothers. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's go over to our Instagram where we had a bunch over there. Okay. Hoy Hoy Liam. <laughs> Finally finished this episode. It really reignited my love for Rush. I can't believe I forgot what an incredible album this is. Every single song is an absolute home run. Ooh. Special mention goes to Limelight, my favorite song of theirs. That gorgeous ethereal riff Alex does at the chorus is one of the most incredible moments in a song I can think of. It's one of those pieces of music that kind of moves you in a way you don't expect. And really, oh, I almost puked just there. I'm not not. It really takes you somewhere. <laughs> uh, not because of what I'm reading. Jesus I'm not Christ. You're like fucking Gene in extreme close-up. He's like, <laughs> poor guy. Went Dude. from rush to rage, and he's been sick the entire time. <laughs> I think did. it's the music. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I, if I make it through this episode without doing something, uh, I'll be shocked. It'll be fine. And, and to anyone who likes cover tunes, oh my god, no! Tip Winger, that's oh. an amazing version of Limelight. No, he Rush does not. Tribute. Is that real? Is that true? On a Rush tribute album, that's Dude, more Rick. offensive than him doing Purple Haze. Dude, Kip, no, it's not. Kip that is, is more offensive. No, Kip is an amazing musician. I bet you that came out really good. I he agree. Uh, no, Sonny, I, I'm, a, I, I'm, a, I agree. I like Winger. I told you I like that album. Yeah, Limelight. but Yikes. you can get away with that because it's a Rush tribute album, right? That's how I see it. Okay, but to just do Purple Haze and throw it on an yeah, all right. That's true. It's a good point. Okay. Yeah, 
That's true. Uh, Joyce Home Services. Great album, Tom. Yeah. As a Toronto boy, big fan of Rush, their connection with Kiss. Neil Peart. There you go. You got On it. On the drums, monster player. Happy to say that I saw Rush's last show in Toronto before Neil died. Rest wow. in peace. Awesome. Zeus, listen to Rush with the headphones. So many layers. Amazing. That's right. Uh, I did. And I do commend them uh, with uh, their musicianship. I just want good songs. That's all. Okay. To me. But I, I do have a revelation that I, I, I think I figured out from the Kiss Cruise and from listening to certain albums and certain things. You know what I've come to realize? No. I don't think I'm a big fan of what is called metal. You're not. You never, I, I just, you, you never, you never have been. I, though. I think, like, because when I, when we were growing up, metal included Dawkins, Bon Jovi. Yeah, that's Bobby that's and that's stuff. Not, yeah. But what is deemed metal? Black Label like, Society. Oh, the whole conversation Love. about Striper on the cruise. Oh no, no, they're not calling on you. They're not like that. They're not like that. I'm like, why not like that? No, no, no. They're real metal now. And I'm like. That's not a good thing for me. I don't right. like that. And right. everyone's like, no, that's straight metal. And I'm like, that's okay. I can respect it. I can like certain things. But overall, that's not my thing. And I just figured that out after all this time. You, uh, uh, you pr- probably helped you to listen to Rage Against the Machine for the last month yeah. to realize you don't uh, like metal. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, but but I, again, I don't hate it. There's just certain things yeah. I'm not drawn to it, I guess I would say. I got uh, Rudy Doth. Oh, this will be great. I've been listening to a tons of past episodes and loving every one of them, but have yet to listen to an album review episode. Oh, come on, Rudy. This one for sure. Can't wait. Very curious to hear what Zeus says. Sonny says after signals, I checked out Rush for a while till counterparts. Yeah. But I definitely consider myself a Rush fan. I remember buying this when it came out. I think it was 12 to 13 years old. Um, nice. Lamar Page, who I believe, Tom. That is. Our old friend, Sterlino. That's right. He's back. Is Zeus ever going to turn up? Was I not on this episode? What happened? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he thought I wasn't talking much. I don't, I don't know. know. That'd be a first. Um, <laughs> over on YouTube, our buddy Nide Savage is almost jerked off as much as our buddy Tony Barone did because yeah. fuck yeah, Rush Baby. I love this album. Voted for it on the Patreon pick, and of course, I love this episode. You guys are hilarious, Sonny. Your reaction to the camera eye was your finest comedy moment so far, oh, and no. love it. Don't encourage and, this behavior. And Tom, Neil, do you ever pick up an issue of jugs? <laughs> Comedy gold. Apparently, I didn't do anything. Maybe Stolina was right. I came to Rush very late, so I completely understand why people don't like them. Because up until about 15 years ago, that was me. For example, many years ago, I shared an apartment with a drummer in my band. He was obsessed with Rush. and used to play their albums all the time in the apartment. I hated them. It was something we always used to joke about. But one day, many years later, I heard subdivisions and yeah. boom, for some reason, it was the key that unlocked Rush for me. I don't like all their stuff. Caress of Steel is a tough listen, but the stuff I like, I absolutely love. I'm so happy that I saw them live just once on the Clockwork 
Angels tour in 2013. I, I went with a friend, yep. and neither of us has seen Rush before. We were next to a guy who can only be described as a clutch, a classic Rush tard. <laughs> there you go. It was his 49th time seeing. Yeah, <laughs> it was his 49th time seeing Rush. Wow! He spent the entire concert ear drumming, ear guitar playing, and ear bass playing. Usually, all three at the same time. He was like a kid who eaten a kilo of sugar. He was hilarious to watch, but it was also an amazing demonstration of the power of music and how it can make you feel. And that is the coolest thing of all. Anyways, that's enough intelligent commentary for one day. I'm off to listen to Tough Rocks Honduras. <laughs> stay, stay awesome, guys. What nice. dumbass sees a band 49 times live? That's just dumb. Hmm. What are you talking? How you know many kiss tides probably do that? How many? What's the what's the most times you've seen a band, Sonny? Fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> and who? And who? And, and let me guess. Y and T. Y and T. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not Y and T. Fifty-one. It's not your buddy Richie Cotson. Oh no, he doesn't no. play enough. Yeah, that's true. It's not oh, your God. buddy yeah. Richie Marks. Richard Marks doesn't play enough either. He's too busy tweeting like a fucking psychopath, but that's a separate story. You can edit that out if you want. <laughs> He's doing Daisy Fuentes. He can do no wrong. That is that is a miracle right there, but that's a whole separate story. She definitely took him for his hairdo. Um, and I'll end with this one. Jason Leonard. Sonny's overuse of brutal is 10 million times more boring than any Rush song. Stop repeating yourself, pal. I have a feeling that's going to make a few appearances Ooh. during this episode. Oh, you might uh, want to. I have a head. yeah. I have a feeling we might be hearing that a few times. Ooh. Yeah, oh. I think we all tend to repeat certain phrases a lot. That's yeah, okay. Sonny yeah, has his catchphrases. Doesn't we do all it at all. So uh, say that no, again, Sonny. No. What? What's that? Yeah, because you know Zach doesn't do it at all. No, never. He doesn't uh, repeat not anything. On this album. No, no, there's no, nothing. He, there's, there's no repetition on this album at all. Yeah, none. That, that's a good call. <laughs> all right. Over to you guys. I think you have some emails. Yeah, Sonny, why don't you bang out the few that you have? And then I got a few and then we're, uh, we're done with feedback. All right. Woo-hoo. So the first email is from Gary Cap. Great show, guys. One of my all time favorite albums. Uh, they were one of the first bands, if not the first, to use video screens and concerts. Saw them on this tour, and I was super stoned. Maybe he meant stoked, but it says stoned. <laughs> no, I believe he um, said, I believe stoned. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. <laughs> I was trying to benefit it down. Uh, they were known as the Thinking Man's Band because of all the complexity of their songs. Hence, Zeus goes on for 10 minutes describing Tom Sawyer. Tom was spot on describing each song and how great they are. And I agree. Side one is one of the best sides of any album ever. There we go. Sonny, well, he made me laugh my ass off. At least he liked Limelight. If Getty Lee ever heard this review, he would want to jump off a building. That is true. Useless fact of the day. Rush is the only band that I know that had used a different font logo on every album as the picture on my shirt shows starting clockwise. He sent us a picture of a shirt yep. with the Starman logo in the middle and all the Rush logos going clockwise. Gary, you are crazy. He's right. Every album has the word Rush written in a different font. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. No, that, that is crazy. That, that's And by the way, we're recording on Gary Cap's birthday. So oh, happy, birthday happy birthday to Gary. Yeah. Happy birthday, Gary. One of the nicest guys we know. Except for when his flight's delayed. <laughs> <laughs> then you get angry airport Gary. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Jerry Guerra is next. Uh, moving pictures. He says, Hello, Hey guys, Jerry. <laughs> I've been Bye. listening to the podcast for about a year. My first concert was kiss the dynasty tour 79. I was six and my birthday is on February 18th, 1974 kiss debut was released on the same day. Jerry, wow. you might want to ask the kiss police because <laughs> your birthday may have to change. Uh, so, <laughs> so you could say I was destined to listen to kiss. Upon listening to the album review for Moving Pictures, I'm with Tom on Rush, uh, but I don't get Rush. Oh, wait. I did not get into Rush till the 80s or what some Rush fans would call lame Rush. Ooh. All Rush is lame, not just that. Stop it. I, I enjoy 80s Rush better than their early stuff. My thing is for Zeus. You can listen to R.E.M., but you don't like Rush. Yes. Not a fan of R.E.M., Anyways, anyways, guys, I enjoy the show. Got to go get me a ice cold, mellow yellow. All right. Uh, Justin Steele is next guys. Great episode. This really hit home for me with you guys, differing opinion on rush growing up. All my friends love rush. I was forced to listen and they humored me with kiss. It wasn't until about 10 years ago. I started streaming Rush's whole catalog and it just clicked for me and holy shit. Saw them on the final tour. Grace Under Pressure is my final favorite album. I guess this was better than picking my Warrant Dog Eat Dog selection. P.S. Another reason to hate the Cowboys is he's a fucking Cowboys fan because Justin obviously likes losers. By the All way, right. you, by the way, your Cowboys pummeled my, Vi- my Vikings. The uh, yes. oh. wait until they pummel the Giants on Thanksgiving. Oh, I can't horrendous. Wait. Yikes. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Sonny. I don't. Even, I have no really. I don't know, favorites of that, but I want you to beat uh, the Giants because fuck, fuck Casada. Exactly. Right. Yes. That's right. Um, a girl actually sent, uh, sorry, a woman actually sent us an email. Vanessa Corzano. This is a recommendation for Tom, as it seems he's getting acquainted with some of the newer generation of rocking female bands. Check out the warning, a power trio from Monterey, Mexico. They're currently 22, 20, and 17 and been in a band since 2014. Their third and latest album is called Error. I think it would make a great album review crew subject. The warning toured the summer with Hailstorm, Pretty Reckless, opened up for the Foo Fighters in March 22, and GNR in October 22. They're the real deal headed for great things. I think Tom knows that because he met some of those folks. That's what... The, Who is I, that from? Is that from? Is that Jay from the Hook Rocks? No. The funny thing is, the, the funny thing is, before we started recording, we were actually talking about the warning. Yeah, I've heard of them. They're great. They're like a kick-ass yeah. band, kind of like a long. Yeah, like, they did the long... Metallica video years ago. Yeah. They went viral. Remember when they did it? They're really yeah. good. They're really yep. good. Yeah, Very I know good. Jay's had them on a couple times. I'm joking because yep. he's had them on the Hook Rocks. Yeah, and yeah, well, that's cool. And I think this was my last one, Daniel LeBlanc. Uh, hello, guys. It's been revealed on other ARC and shouted out loud podcasts that Zeus and Sonny are not Rush fans. So I was looking forward to hearing what they had against the band on this episode. Was glad to hear the reasons for not liking Rush, but can't help wonder if Rush is a band you need to take in while you're still young, similar to learning a language. There's a time frame where language acquisition needs to occur or a person will struggle learning that language. My wow. first experience with moving Way fi- too pictures. Smart. My first experience with moving pictures was a, during a visit with one of my grandmothers. 
I had a teenage uncle who would play different cassettes for me and my miss sister during one of those visits at grandma's. He came home with moving pictures, played as Tom Sawyer, and we were both blown away. He refused to play it again for us. So we had to go purchase the album. It sounds like Tom is not a Presto fan, but I had a similar experience with that album. I was with a friend who was a bigger Rush fan than me at a record shop after work, and they played Show Don't Tell. Neither of us knew that Rush had a new album. We were blown away by what we heard. We both ended up buying the CD that night. While Presto won't make my top five, it would find a place in my top ten based on Show Don't Tell and The Pass. Glad you guys covered this release and looking forward to future ARC episodes. Daniel, I would tell you, I am a hundred percent with you on sometimes you got to catch this stuff young. So it gets into you. Cause you're right. Language, golf, yeah. uh, playing an instrument. Like there's yeah. just certain things that if you don't start as a kid, like me trying to learn how to play guitar now, dude, I don't got the patience for that. That's yeah, tough. Yeah. Right. Good. No uh, matter how much time you got. Yeah. And and to just quick comment on his Presto thing. Presto's kind of a tough album for me, but I will won't I the, the pass is one of the great underrated rush songs. So uh, all right, let's fly through a couple more emails here. We got our buddy Vidal Espinoza. Hey guys, great episode. Moving Pictures was the first rush album I got and really liked it. I later acquired all the albums after Signals. Uh didn't like any of them. <laughs> uh <laughs> a couple notes from the episode. Zeus, did I hear you correctly that you don't like REM during the IRS years? No, I just said that the albums since that uh, were were uh, a yeah. lot better. There, yeah. there some of them some of the songs, REM songs, are a tough listen, yeah. a little too curish for me. Yeah. Uh, Tom mentioned Kiss not selling as much as Rush. I think the albums need recertification. Alive has probably sold as much as Moving Pictures. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Sonny is an introvert. You seem so outgoing. Uh, <laughs> I can turn that on when I want to, but really, yeah. I don't like people. Uh, we none did of us you do. Just, did you just no. say I can get turned on? I don't want to know about that stuff. None of us <laughs> like people. None of us like people. That's why we hide behind microphones. <laughs> Dude, we all hate everybody. Exactly. Let's be honest. Exactly. And I think uh, off when we're off the air, we hate each other. So exactly. Yeah. Fuck you. Why work you? That's right. That's why this show works. Exactly. We hate uh, everybody. I get Tom's point about liking two different kinds of music. My two favorite bands of all time are Iron Maiden and Faith No More, and they're on different spectrums. Yeah, but they still rock like heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> what kind of spectrum? Like Kiss spectrum? That's a different. Yeah, it's a different episode. Uh. Our buddy Mac from the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. Great guys. That's a great, that's a great show. Those guys are awesome. Uh, two things you write about when it comes to Rush. One, Getty Lee is not a handsome man. Uh, two, there aren't many hot girls to meet at a Rush show. So I just bring one along. And it's a picture of him and his significant other wife, girlfriend. I'm not sure. And he's there with uh, Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee. Um, Looks like they're at the Snakes and Arrows tour. That is pretty awesome. Mac, thanks for sharing that one. Um, Our buddy Angelo Capasso. I get it. Rush is either a lover or a hate it band, but no no denying their talent. These three guys can match up with any rock band, Zeppelin included. Um, Uh, What the fuck are we doing? We're telling the truth. Oh, oh, I heard they're better than Elvis. Oh, well, what are we doing? What are we that's doing? A separate, that's a separate thing. Uh, you are, you guys are all great moving pictures. Number one. And then we got an email from America's favorite realtor. He's chiming in on rush. This oh, is the boy. one I've been waiting for. Yes. Joey Romanek. 
Add me to the list with Tom, Tony, and Nige as a huge Rush fan. I've seen them 17 times. Oh, they are by God. far my favorite band ever. I nominated and voted for Moving Pictures in the last two Patreon picks. Seriously, because I knew that Zeus and Sonny hated Rush, and I was dying to hear what they had to say. Now, us Rush fans could have picked a real clunker of an album to test the patience of them. Something like Caressive's... Oh, it gets worse. Believe me, dude, if we oh played, my God. if we picked Caress of Steel, Test for Echo, I'll hold you fire. You would have all killed yourself live on video. Believe me, it would have happened. Uh, we went easy on you guys and picked what is arguably their biggest and most accessible album. Aside from Camera Eye, it's full of radio friendly hits and short songs. Perfect for guys that like things simple. But man, you guys didn't disappoint. Starting things off right from the top by shitting on one of the greatest, most iconic rock songs ever, Tom Sawyer. Who shit on it? I don't think we shit on it. I don't know, but he says it's like hating your mom and Santa Claus all at the same time. Uh, in all seriousness, I get why some people don't like Rush, but their body of work is unparalleled. Three members, 19 albums, 40 years, countless classics, thousands of musicians influenced, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. But yeah, this is better. Black Tiger. There you go. I like that. Uh, and we're going to finish off with our buddy. Tony Barone, who is oh. begging for Rush, oh. and I know he's going to be thrilled with God. Me. I wish ABCPA Inc. Exactly. I wish Guys, I well, Tony was solemn. We'd get a better review right now. Uh, we, we know what Tony thinks about Rush. We, we already have you on the show. You guys, you guys share a brain when it comes to the Rush hate. Oh. Uh, well, uh, Tony says, while I listen to all the shows, I really do not send emails on a regular basis because I'm too busy trying to save taxpayers' money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good like, self promotion. I like it. Uh, let me give a little history of why I'm such a huge Rush fan. I first heard the I first heard 2112 on the WLUP radio station in 1976 when I was nine years old. This led me to get the All the World's a Stage live album. I've been hooked since then. During this year and the next year, just for a frame of reference, I was listening to Kiss Alive and Destroyer, and the song remains the same. My uncle and cousin were 10 years older than me and really into music and would buy me the records. I remember when each of the Rush studio albums were released, starting with A Farewell to Kings and the same with Kiss and Destroyer. These are my three favorite bands and live albums still to this day. These three bands are so different, but still amazing in their own way. Some of my points on the review. While I understand that Rush may not be for everyone, however, I do not consider the ARC team and the shout out Loudcast listeners just everyone. I believe that we are all huge fans of music in all forms and cannot see how Rush would not have a time and place into everyone's rotation, even if that rotation is only a few times a year. Zeus, you asked the question, what do I do with this? What I do is listen to the music altogether. I also listen to the music and just listen individually to each of the instruments or the lyrics. It's great to listen along and isolate the instruments. Yes, Tony, this is why I love you, buddy. The music has got me into the band and was worth it, even though Getty's voice was difficult to get used to at the beginning. Question, Zeus. How would you have rated permanent waves if that was the selection? I would have rated it higher than moving pictures. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of people do. Uh, lastly, I, like I looked. Lastly, I looked through my ticket stubs to see the first concert I saw Rush, which was the Signals tour. I've seen them probably 20, 25 times. I know Tom would be jealous that I saw this set list. He can appreciate it. He sends a picture of a set list. Um, then he finds ticket stubs from Journey, Ario Speedwagon, Maiden, Ozzy, all from '82 and '83. It's all about the music for me, and I would guess the shout out loudcast listeners to listen to a variety of genres too. And then he ends with, "Yeah, AB CPA Inc. Thanks, Tony, with some pictures of some awesome collection of ticket stubs. Yeah, Tony, love it, buddy, love it. 
Awesome. Glad you had a fun time with it. And uh, I know you'll be on my side with rage. I don't know where everybody Tony, else is going. I don't know where everybody else is going to be, but we'll see. Yeah, Tony is awesome. Let's yes, just say ab- that. absolutely. Yep. So this this feedback on Rush. Ninety two percent of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. Ninety two percent because of a bike. Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess. For elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. All right. Well. All right. Let's uh, move this forward. We are going to do Rage Against the Machine. First, kind of dipping our toes into the rap slash hip hop. Slightly. Barely. Yeah. Uh, Tom, this is your pick. So why don't we start with you? Tell us why you picked this and uh, how you got into Rage and all that stuff. All right. Uh, 1992 in college. Um, we're all listening to all kinds of stuff, grunge, alternative, heavy stuff, whatever. And killing in the name of makes its way into the mainstream. Fuck you. I won't do what you told me, all that stuff. And everybody just jumps on board this album. We're at like the perfect age for this album. We're 19 years old. We're in college, comes out, get the record, the, the CD, whatever. And just right away, just pulled into something completely unique, especially for me, this checks off pretty much all the boxes. Um, It's heavy. It's got a groove. It's violent. It's angry. It's loud. It's bombastic. It's intelligent. Even though I don't really agree with a single thing that these guys talk about, they do it with passion and they're educated and they know what they're talking about, even though I disagree with pretty much all of it. But I can subscribe to people who are passionate about something that they strongly believe in and are and have are educated in what they believe in, even if I disagree. I respect that. So this checked off a, a ton of different things. And then I went and I've seen them a bunch of times, seen them in concert, saw them at Woodstock 99, saw them tour when they toured with Wu-Tang Clan. Holy shit, that was nuts. Saw them on the Lollapalooza tour with Alice in Chains. That was quite a show. And then I saw them at quite possibly the most frightening concert experience of my <laughs> life. I saw them at a little civic center in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. And I was terrified. It was, it was the scariest, most uh, like create. And I, now I saw them at Woodstock with 300,000 people. And I was more scared at this little Fitchburg civic center venue. It was incredible. Um, but these guys, they're, they're incredible musicians. I understand, and I know that you guys are going to have your opinions, and our listeners are too. I get it. The screaming, the loudness, I get it. But for me, there's a reason why I like all kinds of music. To me, like sometimes you want to listen to Kiss. You know, you want to throw on the fucking Crazy Nights album. Sometimes I like I like Elton John. I like that kind of stuff. I like Steely Dan. I like that kind of stuff. Sometimes I want to hear this. To me, music is like an emotional experience, depending on your mood. You want to sit back and chill. You want to play some music with your friends, your significant other at a party, at a tailgate. Other times you just want to listen to something like this. And this kind of music, really, nobody does it better. Um, The fact that every song is based on something that's important to them in some reality, uh, political, you know, cultural, whatever. 
they're just an incredible band. I've been, I've been hooked ever since I have everything in their discography. Like I said, seen them four times, was looking forward to seeing them again. Zach got injured and that's all been shelved again. Um, but they're just a unique band and this album right out of the gates. Um, is just a, it's to me, it's just a special album. And this really has nothing to do with nostalgia. Uh, when we talk about like Pearl Jam 10 or Alice in Chains, Jar of Flies, you, you throw in a lot of nostalgia. I don't really have a lot of nostalgia for this. It just came out when we were in college. Um, I just love this album because I just love what it is. And, um, you know, obviously we'll get into it more with the songs, but yeah, that's my story with rage. Um, I'll jump in. Uh, Tom, I, I heard them the same time. Yeah. So I heard them because you were playing them. Yeah. And I heard it and you'll remember this. I used to be like, dude, I don't like this. <laughs> I didn't like it. I thought he was copying too much in my mind. I didn't, you know, mind you, you're not reading it. You're not seeing it. We didn't even have cable when we were in college. Right. Right. Um, so I, I just felt that I, at the time, again, this is at the time. Yeah. They were insincere, really jumping on a trend, trying to be alternative, trying to be angry, trying to upset. And, and, what gets me is like uh killing in the name of I used to be like telling you all to oh fuck you and we'll do what yeah, you tell me. Yeah. Oh, you're against the authority. Oh, you're so crazy. Oh, rage against the machine fist in the oh, air. Oh, we're gonna take Pink Floyd's hey teacher, leave those kids alone, and we're gonna yeah. be even crazier. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And um and I just remember hearing it now. Over time and over, uh, you know, getting used to them and hearing more about them and getting to see more about them, I, I understood that my perception of them is completely wrong. They are very sincere. They believe their stuff. Um, they're passionate as all fuck. And uh, I, I, but I, I never got into them. The only thing I ever got into them about was on the Crow sa- soundtrack. I love Darkness. Darkness, yep. Yeah, and it's uh, it was kind of a demo, and it was B-sides on some of the singles from this album as well. Yep. Uh, and uh, I, that was it. That was my kind of thing into uh, Rage, and I never really stayed with them. And then when a little bit with Morello went over and did some Audio Slave, I jumped on that a little bit, but never got into them. This is the first I'm hearing this album all the way through. Now, I've heard other songs from college, but this yep. is the first time I owned it when I bought it. When you told me you, we're doing it a couple nice. weeks ago, I bought it. So, okay, that's my take. Sonny. Oh, Sonny. <clears throat> all right. So when this album comes out, I'm in my early 20s and I didn't go to a traditional college. I I uh, graduated out of high school early and just kind of started working. I, I ended up getting my degree much, much later on, but I was trying to get into the music business and I start meeting different people at target. You know, you get out of your like high school group and you start meeting other people. And I was trying to get into the music business. I didn't have enough talent to be a songwriter. So I was trying to manage bands and I'm in the Bay area and the musical scene is changing. And, you know, I, I was getting jealous of some of the rappers and the hip hop guys. Cause I was trying to be a lyricist and these guys mm-hmm. had something. Right. Mm-hmm. And they could deliver it in a way. So if you think about it, like these bands did a good job, like 
public public enemy like joining up with anthrax and faith no more with epic is coming right out at 90 hammers from where i grew up ice cubes coming out red hot chili peppers is getting hot the run dmc aerosmith thing had already happened then you got like tone loke ripping the wild uh you know ripping the uh eddie van halen lick thing in 90 and you got insane cloud posse coming you got nwa you got naughty by nature like this rock and like hip hop rap thing is starting to like mesh. So I was mm-hmm. getting interested. I loved extreme because of the funk. Some of these guys added some funk in. I love the slappity slap of the bass, right? Because mm-hmm. I was yep. like, I was really liking the the 70s funk stuff. So I was just, it was kind of like I was finding out that there's more than just like, you know, pepperoni and extra cheese on a pizza base. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I started getting into it. I like some of the stuff from the 70s, uh, from my 20s still. Don't, don't, don't hear what I didn't say. I said some of the stuff I had heard a couple of rage songs. I'd heard two, I'd heard a uh, bullet in my head and I had heard killing in the name and I'm like, okay, they're angry, whatever. I'm going to go do karaoke, get laid. Like these guys, I, whatever. I, they just did not turn me on whatsoever. I had never heard the rest of the album until Halloween night this year. That was the first time I heard it in full. I did not buy it. I was, I'm like, I am not wasting fucking two 99 in the clearance <laughs> bin to buy this shitty album. I'm going to, I'm just going to listen to it on Spotify and let's just see where we go from there. I will tell you, I listened several, several times cause I wanted to give it a shot. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on the songs later, but, uh, really, yeah, rage just. It came out at the right time and I was kind of interested in that stuff, but they just kind of came off like angry guys. And I'm like, look, I'm trying to get laid and these guys don't help me there. So whatever. Yeah. I think, I I think the, one of the big things with rush was that, yeah, at the time we weren't really focusing like on the lyrics. I think that's, that's kind of like the, the double-edged sword in a good way. I think when I think about rage is that musically they pull you in because they're heavy, they're aggressive, but they got a groove. They got that funk vibe when they want to they got that real like slow boil you know that we'll get into with some of the other stuff and then as you get older you're like well what the hell is fistful of steel about wait what is wake up what are they talking about and again like zoo said we didn't have cable we didn't have the internet and called so we're like i don't know what the hell these guys are talking i don't know any what are they talking about like that they're not talking about girls they're not talking about fucking they're not talking about drinking they're not talking about partying what is this so to me, that's one of the things that kind of made them stood out and made them even more interesting is that they weren't like some obnoxious limp biscuit or they weren't like some they weren't talking about, you know, getting high or or they were talking about stuff like that. It wasn't to, to me, it wasn't like cheesy. It wasn't corny. It was it was like, OK, like these guys are into something. And then, like Zoo said, as you get older and for me being a fan. I mean, I have a I have a book called Know Your Enemy, Rage Against the Machine, written by Joel McIver. It's a, a story of the band. Like, and you start to realize like why these guys became the band that they are, why they sing about what they sing about, how educated they are, how they the, the they're they're personally invested in the songs that they write and perform. So to me, that's like like I said earlier, that, that that's credibility there. Again, whether or not you agree or disagree, that's a completely separate topic. But when you're listening to guys this angry, like legitimately angry, like raging against the machine, and you find out why, to me, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like these guys aren't like 
posers, quote unquote. But I think above all the lyric, the, the like the lyrical content, I think musically to me, they just fucking kick ass. They just rock. And this album rocks like none of their other albums. The second album, Evil Empire, a little bit more fine tuned with some of the songs. This song is very, 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 very raw and aggressive. I mean, it's like a baseball bat to the back of the head. Pretty much every song. The, the next one after that battle of Los Angeles, more sophisticated songwriting, still structurally angry and stuff. But this album right here, I think is just untouchable in their catalog. And um, I guess you either like it or you don't. I guess it's funny. It's kind of like rush. You either like it or you don't. It's, it's not, it's not mainstream, I guess. And I'm not saying that to be like, Oh, I'm underground. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not easy. It's, it's not easily accessible. You're not gonna be like, Hey, you guys want to hang out? We're going to, uh, you know, I have a couple beers and listen to like Rage Against the Machine. Oh, my girlfriend's coming over. We're gonna play fucking Bullet in the Head. You know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna do that. Thank you. Good night. We'll see, All right, you, we'll see you guys later. All right, fuck you. We'll do what you told me. <laughs> All right. Speaking of being angry and having something to say, let's talk about that album cover. Oof. Yikes. Yeah, the album cover on the original release. Okay, if you buy, they put out a 20th anniversary edition and the picture is that much more graphic because it's zoomed out. So you're seeing the monk who's on fire. You're seeing the car. You're seeing the crowd. You're seeing the big jug of gasoline. The the zoomed in photo here, you, you, you can see what you're seeing, but it's got a much more, to me, a bigger impact when you see it cropped outward and seeing how he's literally sitting in a street. Um, and the picture it's taken by Malcolm Brown. Um, and it's a picture of a Vietnamese Buddhist monk. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this right, but thick Quang Duke, um, <laughs> fish Quang duck. Yeah. Ex- yeah. There you go. And it, it was, ta- <laughs> it, it was a picture taken in Saigon in 1963. And he was protesting the president at the time who was corrupt. No din deem. Okay. Um, and this guy apparently was oppressing the country's Buddhist religion. Uh, Din Deem was a, a Catholic. He was an anti-communist. He was eventually captured and assassinated in a military coup in 1963 by the United States. Um, apparently, the photograph was so moving that it got widespread international attention. And uh, President JFK withdrew its support for President Deem's government. Um, so the picture it served its purpose. I mean, this is, there is no bigger protest than literally setting yourself on fire in the middle of a street. Um, and it's, it's shocking. I mean, I remember when this came out and everyone's like, is that guy on fire? And again, no internet, no way to figure out what this, what this is. Um, but I urge you, if you have not seen the 20th anniversary edition of this album, it's a clear photo and it's zoomed out. And I, mistakenly for the first time ever was Googling some information about this cover. And I came across an article that shows the picture of this monk after he set himself on fire. Yeah. It's it's, I was like, I did not need, cause right here. That's I can't believe he survived. That's the thing that's so shocking about this picture is that, well, I don't think he survived. I'm pretty sure he was a, you're thinking of Jay Leno. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, I got myself a little fire here. <laughs> the shocking thing about this picture is the the album cover that you see the the right side of his body is still like intact. 
the left side of his body is up in flames. There's a picture that I, like I said, when I was Googling some more information about this, where there's a picture of him fully engulfed and just like a burnt marshmallow. Like it's just, it's just, it's, it's horrendous. It's a horrendous fucking picture on that Um, happy note. Yeah. But that, but that's the picture. And again, I think it shows that, okay, these guys aren't fucking around. They didn't pick, you know, they didn't, the album cover is not like a fist in the air or a gun or like a fight. It's a picture of a real photo that had real impact on, on history. So it's not look what the cat dragged in. It is not look what the cat dragged (laughs) or shooter McGavin. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that. So I, I I mean, again, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with it, especially reading like the story of, you know, JFK kind of was involved, you know, it was like, shit, these are bad people. Um, but I, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of interesting, quite a unique album cover from like Zeus said, it's not snakes and titties and it's not look what the cat dragged in. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that whole, he's calm. He doesn't show any sign of pain or agony. And basically somebody dumps a bunch of gasoline on him and he just strikes a match like that. Yeah. Like I, uh, it's a statement. That's for sure. That is yeah. different. Mm. Um, I remember seeing the album cover, you know, when you're flipping through albums, yeah. um, at a record store or whatever going, that's interesting. And yeah. I just kind of, you know, I didn't know the history lesson or whatever, and I didn't really care. So I was like, eh, but, uh, yeah, kind of looking into it, it is a very interesting cover. This is not calcium in blood. That's for sure. <laughs> that's right i mean the closest thing i've ever seen to this was when Sonny almost did this during the rush episode yeah he, almost. he was uh, we had to talk him off from lighting the match because he was about to just oh, set yeah. himself like, on fire it was like the scene in airplane <laughs> people are listening to ted striker stories <laughs> oh don't bring up Air- zeus don't bring up airplane that's another movie that Sonny thinks is stupid it is oh. terrible oh my terrible god TV. <laughs> one of the worst acted movies it's ever. a spoof it's not supposed it to have good acting matter it's stupid why do you hate fun do you like it's mel brooks stupid. movies no do you like fun no <laughs> obviously not <laughs> oh all right i thought i think the the image is thought provoking it's out there it gets your attention it all depends on what you want to say. Does that image go for Warren's fourth album cover? No. Does it work <laughs> for maybe Rage Against the Machine's debut album cover? Yes. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Okay. And we'll get into it when we rank these damn things. So let's get a little bit of uh, information. <laughs> so okay. the album was released November 3rd, 1992. It only made it up to U.S. Billboard. Think about this. It's triple platinum. It made it only to 45 and okay. triple platinum. If if anything sold 3 million copies now, it'd be not, number one for four years. You know what's, you know what, you know what's interesting about that release date? Yeah. It's the day of the 1992 presidential election date where uh, Bill Clinton, I beat that Bush guy yep. the, uh, against Herbert Walker Bush. That's and right. Ross Perot, you people over here. And then you people. <laughs> And you know what else is you know what else is interesting during the production of this album? Uh no. The LA riots occurred. Well, yeah, I mean they're quoted in a lot of these, yeah. these songs. Though. Yeah, so, of yeah. course. Yeah, 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 I can tell you why it didn't get higher than 45 because it's 
hard to get women to listen to burn, burn. You're going to burn, burn. No, but I understand that. But I'm saying like, (laughs) Like, it still sold 3 million copies and never went up over 45. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, True. It went to uh, number 24 on Rolling Stone's 100 greatest metal albums. Yep. And number 368 on Rolling Stone's 500 greatest albums of all time. It's produced by Gigi Garth, otherwise known as Garth Richardson, who did like alternative stuff. I thought I saw like the Melvins and L7 and Ugly Kid Joe. Remember that band? Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and also by Rage Against the Machine. Um, That's one, one of the things just just to comment quickly on the production. Um, I think to me, that's one of the things that stands out about this album that really doesn't date it per se is the production is impeccable. Four guys, vocalist, drummer, bass player, drums. Every, every instrument sounds like it is trying to break your skull in half, especially the drums. So one of the things I think I saw somewhere that they talk about on their album covers, like no synth. No, that's right. Fucking uh, keyboards. No samples, keyboards, or synthesizers used in the making of this recording. Yes, that's what they put. That on there. was getting popular in the early '90s to yep. write that on your thing because everybody that's was like, "Oh, we're it. not Milli Vanilli." Yeah, right. Well, in the yeah. '80s with all the keyboards and shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Didn't Tesla always talk about like doing their shit live on the studio nope. on their albums? Did they? Yeah, no, I don't know. maybe uh, I recorded think there was live. live recording happening, but you know, they yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, but they maybe. always say recorded yeah. live in the studio. Yeah. Also, everything is done. All lyrics in music is credit to all four. Yeah. So it's Zach Della and it's Roca, correct? That's mostly people say Rocha, but it's I think it's Roca. Yeah, Roca is pronounced. I saw. Yeah, Tom Morello yep. guitar. Timmy C, better known as Timmy Comerfield, bass, and Brad Wilk on drums. The one thing I will say, Tom, you, you made a point just now. I will say I can hear every instrument on this when you talk about uh, that's, I love it. Yep. It's very Rush-like. I can hear the bass. I can hear when the guitar comes in. They have a unique sound. I can hear the drums. So if I want to listen to one of their songs and pick out the drums, I can hear the drums all the way through. It's yep. not blended in, and you can't really... You know, you have a hard time focusing. So, yeah, the production is kind of unique. Yep. Just one thing I want to bring up when I was reading this book. Again, it's called Know Your Enemy, Rage Against the Machine by Joel McIver. I, I One of the things that Tom Morello brought up was kind of like the, the, con, the kind of like the conflict of interest about being a band that's raging against the machine, but signing record deals with multi-billion dollar corporations and how do you like rectify that you know like how do you how do you explain it to like the kids or your fans or people that are kind of into that or the fact Um, that he went to harvard well yeah that too um (laughs) he says we're interested in freeing people from prison and getting people new trials and combating sweatshops and stopping the rise of neo-nazi neo-nazism in europe we're interested in donating as much food as possible to our food banks, providing as much assistance as possible to our nation's homeless. These are all endeavors which we're able to undertake in part because of our affiliation with Epic Records. He says, you have two choices. I admire bands like Fugazi that take the other route. They're completely self-contained and independent. But if you do that, then you have to be a businessman. Then I have to sit there and worry about shipping orders to Belgium. That is not what I'm going to do. 
We've had in Rage Against the Machine complete artistic control, 100% over everything. Every second of every video, every second of every album, every bit of advertisement comes from us. You live in a capitalist world. If you want to sell 45s out of the back of your micro bus, bus God, God, ble- God bless you. And maybe that works better. I don't know, but I'll see you all at the finish line. Good for him. Kind of interesting. Better, I mean, I mean, I mean, better he, answer that because you are going to get a lot of shit. People saying you're fucking he, hypocrites. He absolutely did. And that's why. And of course, Tom Morello is going to be the spokesman because he's the more articulate guy. Zach would be like, fuck you. I won't do what you told me. And that's, that's about that's, that's about yeah. it. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting because I know a lot. I, I remember even me. I'm like, how do these guys rage against the machine when they're like signed by Epic or Sony, whoever, and like touring with Lollapalooza and all these corporate people? You know what I mean? But dude, I think uh, these guys are so far left. Like, I think they're they're not even they're left. Not, they're they're not, like they're they not fell even, off. Yeah, they're like past Antifa. <laughs> oh yeah, well, Morello's. I mean, he throws the, the word like anarchist around yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Interesting that the first uh, song is called this. track all right so first 25 seconds i'm like i don't really know what i'm getting into kind of sounds normal and then soon we get to burn burn yeah you're gonna burn burn so okay i've said it on this podcast before i am not a fan of political type songs i don't like the trump did this reagan did that clinton smoked this bush did somebody whatever i don't care 
I can be, however, a fan of some quote unquote against the man government in general, like nothing. I don't want people taking shots at Clinton. Doesn't mean I'm a Clinton supporter. I guess I'll say, I don't want people taking shots at Trump either, whatever. Right. If you got something to say against just organized religion or organized government, I think I'm more willing to listen to that. I also can be a fan of a history lesson. That's why I love Maiden. So the song does a good job of like being angry, still maintaining some composure. So it's pleasing to the air, the ear. Love the earworms. Like when Zach says businesses in the first verse, and as he's saying it, the bass drum is in unison with him. Like that shit. Is oh, crazy. yes. Yes. Right? The groove is amazing. I love the rap oriented. You know, that's the lyrics are what they are. Power whores, whatever. It's something about the collective four of them, though, that can kind of sell what they're saying. So that's cool. The vocal angry is cool. The chorus is boring as fuck unless you're <laughs> actually lighting people on fire then i'm sure it's probably not boring but besides that what a great fucking opener like it really does kick you in the head and for guys like me that came from music i liked listening to that had a lot of melody and you could sing along you can't it's hard to kind of rap along with zach but um but man what a great opener yeah, well said. Um, I, 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 I'm. You said it perfectly because I'm fully on board with, and I think that's. You said it perfectly about rage, the general, the general rage, um, and not like when Eddie Vedder gets up and does a rant about George Bush or or, or, or whatever, like a specific, but raging against the machine, whether it's the justice system, the incarceration, criminal justice, the government, the educate, like something like that. Like I can get behind that, even if I sure as shit don't agree with a single word you're saying. Um, but to me, the thing that really just care, I mean, first of all, what an intro, like you said, it's, it starts off like, and then what it, it literally is like, obviously not literally it is a just a double barreled punch to the face when that drum kicks in and and you like, and then he's just like it's just another bomb track and all of a sudden you're like what the fuck because when i bought this the only thing i knew was killing in the name of so when you hear this is the intro and the burn burn yes you're going to burn he can rap he can he can do it, and I'm a I'm a hip hop guy. I loved it all the way from the '80s all the way until present day. He can do it, but he can also find a way to like sing a little bit. You know, he can sing. And there's other songs here where he's doing a little bit of singing. Um, incredible opener. I mean, right off the bat, you know what you're in for. Great opener. An unbelievable groove. These guys know how to do it, and they got it. They just do it well. That's why I love this album. So all the songs, like I said earlier, all credited to everybody yep i believe zach does write all the lyrics though yep and they do a thing a little rush thing most of the time um where they just credit everybody in the band kind of like rem does yep. everybody gets credit for a song t- writing um you know it's talking about landlords and power whores are gonna burn yeah manifest destiny I'm like, holy shit, my uh, social studies and history courses <laughs> exactly uh, paid up, paying off. <laughs> yep. Um 
again, this isn't my type of music, but I try to find something. Why do I know the song? Because after a while, if you hear this all the way through, with the exception of fuck you, I won't do what you tell me because it just stands out as, you know, the swearing. You hear just a lot of fucking screaming. Yeah. So and the music is just boom, boom. Like, so I'm trying to pick it out. A lot of these stuff that ones that I don't know bleed. They bleed into the next song. I, I can't tell them apart musically because they all sound pretty heavy. There's no, oh, that's the ballad on the album. Oh, right. that's the uh, mid-tempo. Oh, this is the fast song. So they're all very similar. But what I do pick up on is he has these catchphrases or or maybe it's the chorus or something that it, so the whole burn burn. So as soon as you said burn, burn, you know, you're going to burn. I know what song you're talking about. Yeah, and there's right. stuff on this album that I may not. You tell me how fucking uh, fist fuel steel sounds. I have no idea what the difference in that. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. The uh, wake up, but I'll tell you some lines that I'll pick up that I can tell what song they're from. And that's how I can tell the difference. So again, these, these aren't turn on the night where I'm like, turn on the night. <laughs> what? Like you could, you could fist pump burn. Yes. You're going to burn. <laughs> you get the point. It's course, not a melody that I'm going to be humming, but I can remember this song. And yeah, I do remember it. And I, you know, I will say this, Tom, um, I'm not a big into hip hop. The hip hop tree that I always follow. And you know, this, we talk about this all the time is NWA. I can listen to NWA all the way through that family tree, that Dr. Dre style of hip hop rap. So I can listen to MC Ren, Dr. Dre, Easy E, Snoop, all that shit through ice cube. Mm -hmm. And when you start getting too different, I'm like, I don't like this shit. (laughs) So, but his voice, I like it. He's got some bass behind his voice. He's got a, you know, a quality in his vocal delivery that you pick up and there's like that anger, but there's that authenticity. Yeah. So you'll hear about it in certain country music. This somebody sound, they all sound the same, but certain ones, the good ones, you pick up the authenticity. I think the same with hip hop. Yeah. Everybody's saying the same stuff. Everybody's rapping. Who do you believe? Mm-hmm. They're saying? It's a good way you, to put it. Do you believe NWA when they're fucking saying fuck the police? I sure as hell did. Which, by the way, I shared to I shared with I you. Know. Ra- Rage did. Rage did a cover of "Fuck the Police" at a live concert, and, and it, it was like terrifying. <laughs> it sounds great, it, yeah. But the same thing here. Yeah. Uh, I I like the track. I think he's got. You know, I'm hearing stuff that I haven't heard. You know, I may have heard it once or twice in my life, but I don't even remember this. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's pretty good. So. Uh, let's go to, uh, oh, there's a video. Oh, yeah. There's a video. And uh, they're in some sort of uh, makeshift uh, dime store, rock like a hurricane prison. <laughs> yes, that's but, right. Uh, yeah. And uh, in between them in black and white, uh, their band, uh, there's images of these like, you know, guerrilla warfare in Peru. And you read about what the song's about and the video's all about. And it's like, yeah, fuck the U.S. government helping them out and doing all this. We're with the people against the government. You're like, dude, that's our government, you fucking asshole. Exactly. You, you're part yeah. of you. It's like, I don't want to like this now anymore, you fucking prick. Uh, it's right. And one thing like- I like one thing I like about the video or, or the band in general, because I've seen them in concert a bunch of times. All of these guys, including the drummer, they're wicked into what they're doing. 
Nobody well, they, is. They, nobody is. is sitting they're believers. Still. They're true believers. Like they are. Like like if you didn't know any better, you would think that these guys are just like performing like for free, like on a corner because like they are just all over the place in terms of their energy. Meanwhile, Tom Morello is the biggest Kiss fan. Uh, How do you go from this band to buy our pinball machine? (laughs) It's true. And he loves Zeppelin, too. He used to be like a Zeppelin cover band or something. He loves all that stuff. Just. Yep. Anyway, uh, I like that they were in a cage. It's like, you know, it's like little kids in a cage raging. Got the bass bear. Looks like he's a skater. Yep. Morello really screams nerd with a guitar. So so high up. Yeah, right. He looks like the guy from SNL, fucking G.E. Smith. G.E. Smith in the Saturday Night Live band. (laughs) Like his his guitar does not look rocking. The one thing I like about Morello's guitar is how he, for some reason, he always has an extra ten feet of string hanging off the neck. (laughs) Yeah, he always does that. (laughs) But I love that the video actually has something to connect with the song. Yes, fucking dolphins and. Yeah. People coming out of the ocean and shit. Like it's <laughs> like I can understand what the like this. Here's a dumb rocker that's watching this video going, wait a second, rewind, 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 rewind. What's that say? What's that say? Oh man, shit. They like massacred women. Shit. <laughs> what the hell was this right? And I will go to Wikipedia and read all about this. I'm like, shit, I don't know all this stuff was happening. I was yeah, that, yeah, we were what fuck the US. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, it's yeah, fuck our country. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right well speaking of fuck things let's go to the next one oh by the way before okay in one last thing this was actually the third single yeah none of these i believe charted at least not in the u.s which is a very unique thing other countries are more liberal about this type of you know outlandish outlaw type of uh rebellious songs but not the u.s yeah we're too stuffy fucking pilgrim shit mentality so <laughs> yep all right let's go to the next track Now you do what they told you. Now you do what they told you. 
now you do what they told ya. 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 Don't you die? I'm just a fly. Remember the bad, yeah, yeah, chosen one. You're just a fly. Don't you die? Remember the bad, yeah, yeah, chosen one. Don't you die? I'm just a fly. Remember the bad, yeah, yeah, chosen one. You're just a fly. Don't you die? Remember the bad, yeah, yeah, chosen one. Some of those are worthless. Killing in the name. Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Ah, wow. Okay. Screaming at the top of his lungs. I mean, Zach is like, like literally violent in the vocal. Love the cowbell start. The bass super thumps. That guitar lick. Oh, man. What great funk. Just so much groove. Love the alien guitar solo all the way around. Mm. Now, Tommy, I got a couple of questions on the lyrics, though. Is he saying... Some of those that work forces, or is he saying some of those that were forces work were makes more sense work workforces okay. because what he's what he's implying as the people that are in uniform, whether it's our police or our military, they're also white supremacists, they're Nazis, so they work forces, but they also burn crosses that's okay, that's so what it's he's, not that, bore it's burn it, say that again so it's, it's not is it are are the same are the are the same that burn crosses is not the same that bore crosses. Burn see, no. that would work, right? No. Some he's, of those he's, that were forces are the same that bore crosses. That no, would work too. No, it's it's some of those that work forces, forces are the same that burn crosses. And the reason this is so tricky to figure out, I mean, yes, we have the internet. It's the only song on the entire album that does not present the lyrics. Okay. 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 It, on the liner notes for the vinyl and the CD, it has all the lyrics for killing in the name of it just as the song title, because there's really like one recurring verse. All right. So I got a uh, trivia. Those who died does adjust to right. Exactly. All yep. right. So I got a trivia question. I'll, I'll have Zeus answer first. Oh, wrong. How many unique words are in this song? <laughs> in the lyrics? And, uh, I'm counting as a word. How 22. many unique words? 22. 22. Tommy. Oh, I don't know. 40. 40. The number is 48. Ooh. All right. Okay. okay. The unique words are. Oh, God. Here it comes. And are badge burn, but by chosen come control crosses died due four forces. Fuck. I in justify, <laughs> justify, justified, justify killing me. Motherfucker name now of on same sum tell that the they there those told uh under wearing well what whites who won't work yeah yeah you <laughs> and your okay look <laughs> i get it they're trying to tell a story about police brutality zach you're gonna have to say a few more fucking words you can't say the same words over and over and but over see, and over dude, do you never I, not tell a story have you never heard a Nirvana song? They have way less. That's no, like he, he hates Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. why I don't like that. <laughs> they have way less than that. They have songs with less than 20 words easily. Such a just great song, the same thing. But that whole just repeating the same thing over and over just gets old after a while because the song is so great besides that. 
Like that's, that's the part of the song that just turns me off. I absolutely love that whole story around December, 2009. Oh my God. And you don't want uh, X factor to win that whole thing. That uh, unbelievable story. So that, that part was cool, but this saying the same thing over and over, that got old quick. So I think the point, I I hear what you're saying. I think that's the point of the song is repeating the same words over and over and over again to get the message. So there's not, he's not, it's not like bomb track or it's not like the, some of the other songs that we're going to get into where he's telling like a story or describing an incident. He's, this is almost like, like, he's just like reciting, like, a like not a pledge, but like, he's just, he's reciting like almost like a belief system, almost, you know, like, like a prayer for lack of a better word. I think that's kind of the point, but I get what you're saying. Like it gets the repetitive. It's, it's, it's insane. But so this is the first example of a song on this album, about why I love rage and specifically this album, just when you think the song is kind of getting ready to wrap up, the song completely shifts gears. And then I kind of describe it as almost like it, it, the song becomes like, like a stick of dynamite. All of a sudden the band just starts like rumbling and things are like roiling over and kind of shit's going kind of sideways. And then it just fucking boom, just blows up with the band, with Zach, with the screaming. There's a couple other songs that do it a little bit better than this. Maybe because I've heard killing in the name of a million times for 30 years. But I'll tell you right now, seeing this song performed live, when the band kicks into gear and he's saying, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, which he says 16 times, by the way, when he says that, the wave of people just bouncing is just incredible. I mean, it's just it's just incredible. I mean, there's a reason this song is just so legendary. It's I think you, you said it, Sonny, it's simple and fuck you, I won't do what you told me. That's it. I mean, what what else can you say? Gen X. Uh, Killing in the name. It was the lead single. It only made it to number 25 in the UK. Uh, Rolling Stone has it number 24. Greatest guitar song of the top 100 guitar songs. I think it's number 207. Greatest songs of the top 500. Wow. Guitar World had it number 89. 100 greatest guitar uh, solo. It's obviously inspired by Rodney King and the riots and all that song, uh, all that stuff. Uh, this is the song that I was talking to you about, Tom. I, I knew this song. I knew yep. it. And uh, I had a hard time with it a little bit in the beginning, feeling it might have been a little bit easy. Kind of like when Green Day kind of came out. I felt there was a lot of that. Oh, I'm going to be like Kurt Cobain now. I've got angst. I'm angry. And it didn't come off as sincere. Yep. And uh you know, I obviously they they are sincere. I remember Axis going to the bar, oh, Axis in Jesus. Boston. Yeah, yeah. In the nineties, I used to go, and they would put rock dance music. So you'd be in the club, and they'd have uh, they'd have Beastie Boys. They'd have uh, this song come on, and just like you said, as soon as that last part came up and the build up, the whole fucking like yep. you know club was jumping up and down. It was fucking insane. Uh, they would play Lithium by Nirvana. So you can imagine the whole, yeah, the whole crowd was just, oh, it's the 90s, man. Oh. Like, imagine imagine a club nowadays playing rock music, not for people to sit back and drink to, for people to dance to. 
Yeah, they would do that. You'd have stuff like uh, it's the end of the world. And yeah. You know, it, like shit yeah. like that, like dance rock music. Yep. Uh, and it worked. I like the buildup that that crescendo that comes off when he starts screaming. And then the, uh, you know, the, the way he just takes it from that whole the re- the repetition that Sonny was talking about the hmm. some of those that were forcing you got that bass and you're almost going along when you hear it and you start saying those words you're almost starting you're bo- to do you're that bouncing. bouncing you're yep. doing that bounce when you're saying it and and then it just goes now you do what you told you didn't now you do what they tell didn't and and then all of a sudden it, bel- it builds up to now you're you're the guy that's in the song fighting back like yeah fuck you ah yeah. In the reality, you ain't doing shit. Go back to your fucking cube and shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but the, that solo, that fucking Tom Morello, Eddie Van Halen drill that he does in that album. Uh, yep. What was that? Pound cake where he had the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yep. That's all I hear in this. I'm like, what the fuck is he making that? That tone is all his own. I can pick his tone out anywhere now he does he's not only is that tone but he's he's on record as saying like he'll do stuff like he'll unplug like his guitar cable and like let it sit on the connection and let like interference come up or he'll take like he'll take like a like an allen wrench and rub it up against like the fretboard or something or he'll take he'll stand in front of like the amplifier and look for like feed like dissonant feedback like he just yeah he's like doing like pro like uh, science projects Instead of rocking out exactly in yep. the middle of a song, yep. And at the end, when he starts screaming, "Motherfucker!" That's the best part of the song, right there. That is the you best part. So? That is why I love the band. Okay, I think it sounds corny, and I'll tell you why. It sounds like Sergeant Kickass on Surprise. You remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. you, <laughs> fuck yeah. you, you motherfucker. <laughs> See, see, I see. I like it because to me, that's like that's where I'm like, okay, this guy's legitimately angry. Oh, of course he is. He's screaming that out. You can tell when yeah. he's in the studio. Lights are probably out, and he's barking, yeah. barking out. But it just reminds me of Surprise Two yeah, from exactly. NWA. Great song. Um, and then Tom, you forgot to mention what happened in Woodstock '99 when he played this song. They weren't really responsible for the chaos that went there. Oh, uh, I think he uh, something got burnt. What they, they weren't. The they, they weren't playing when that happened. They. It's not the fact that they caused the fires, but they did burn something at the end of the song. Of oh, the song. oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the American flag. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The American flag, which they were famous for doing, which they actually they got in trouble with Saturday Night Live. They were on Saturday yes. Night Live. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. They, yeah. They played one song and then they booted them because they were about to do something during the second <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They lo- they love they love doing the upside down flag and burning it and all that shit. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, there is a video. Yep. Another live performance type video, black and white. Same thing, right? Yep. Anybody want to comment on the video? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a it's it's a cool video because it just shows the band like just raw and aggressive. You know, it's it's from two different shows. Uh, one's for, it's from the whiskey and then with the club with no name, two places in LA. And it was, it was produced and directed by a, a, a one of Tom Morello's guitar students who had like a camera and okay. it's just kind of like raw, you know, and it just shows the energy of the band, the energy of the crowd fighting with a security guard. Fuck you. Yeah, we'll do what you told me. <laughs> oh, you're so crazy. <laughs> you know, um, was it, was that Steven Michael? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Fuck no, I you. Like- I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> oh, God. Go ahead, Sonny. I like all the camera movement. I like they added the slow motion every once in a while. Yeah. The lighting yeah. on Zach to kind of make him look evil. Yep. Right. Um, the explicit lyrics that are kind of playing as it goes. I would tell you, like, if I saw that video, it would ma- it wouldn't want to make me see them live. Like yeah. that's if that what the video was supposed to do. Okay, it did it. Yep. It felt like uh, like some of the Pearl Jam videos. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of you know, right, right. It would kind of just flow. next level. Like yep. Pearl Jam wasn't maybe as crazy. Right. Okay. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, yep. it, ma- it makes it's the opposite for me. I ain't going in there. I'm not about to get stabbed or fucking uh, my jaw broken. And you won't get stabbed. You'll probably just get your arm broken or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. God, that scares me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Song number three. Power back, motherfuck Uncle Sam. All right. <laughs> uh, love the beginning with the instruments coming in little by little, all the earworms moving from ear to ear in the headphones. I I said it before, I love the slappity slap of the bass, man. That fuck that funk is so like red hot chili peppers to me. Put it out there with a great riff. The chorus actually has a melody, even though it's not super complicated. Then that, like, oh shit. And then the guitar solo comes and then that bridge music to the next verse is almost like Sly and the family stone almost sounded like I want to take you higher. Had a little bit of that in there a little bit. And then the rebuild to the next chorus, just so many earworms. I think I heard Calypso drums in there somewhere. <laughs> and then yeah, like about a minute left and you get this calming sound. Yes. Like maybe it's, you know, I just offed all these fucking people and I need to breathe deep. And then you get punched in the head the last 30 seconds. So I'm listening to this song for the first time. I'd never heard it to Halloween. Bobbing my head, kind of shaking my ass. I'm like, I think I want to like punch somebody. Yeah. Right. I've never heard this song before. 
So I'm like, all right, let me listen again. Let me listen again. First time I heard it, listen to the song five, six times in a row. Fucking incredible song. How I missed this for wow. 30 fucking years. Wow. When I was listening to like Megadeth and Disturbed and Godsmack on the way to stores that I knew were going to look like shit and they need to get angry. Fuck, I could have just been listening to this. Where the hell has this been? So just goes to show you, depending, I just, this isn't the song I heard when I first heard Rage. Otherwise, I probably get into it immediately because it checked more boxes for me. Mm -hmm. So this is when, when I hear Morello saying shit like, look, yeah, we signed with Epic and I'm letting my voice be heard this way. He's right. Fuck you. If you want to do it out of your basement, you want to be underground. I can do it at this level and still have a voice and do it my way. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So mm. great song. Great. Yeah. It, it's funny because I like you getting three, three songs, three different kinds of songs. Like this is, this is like quote unquote, like accessible for rage. It, it actually has like a standard format, a standard beat, a rhythm, an incredible groove with that bass and drums. Those guys are insane. Um, you know, a pretty basic solo, basic, not insulting the, but it more standard, not like the noisy kind of stuff that Morello is known for doing. Um, it's got that crazy breakdown in the middle where Morello's kind of shitting on the teacher. The teacher stands in front of the class, but the lesson plan, he can't recall, you know, like all that stuff. Um, and then like Sonny, you said it, this is what I love about this album in particular is you, you think the song is over and it's not. And it's just the, the, the band is firing on so many cylinders. Like they, they are so like in the groove together. And the fact that it's just the three musicians, like I said, bass, drums, guitar, um, that's all this band needs. It doesn't need anything else because they are so powerful. And th this song is just, it, it's, it's a, it's different. It's different from bomb track and it's different from killing in the name of, uh, and it's different in a good way. Great tune. Take the power back. I talked about the groovy bass, and obviously, to me, this is a tip of the hat to fight the power from uh, Public Enemy. Yep. And uh, got a little bit of similarity. There's a lot of bass and a nice, fast, speedy solo there. And, Tom, you've already mentioned it, that whole breakdown uh, about the teacher stands in front of the class. I love it. No music, it's just his voice. And then it picks up. They, uh, they're dropping terms like the weatherman. Yes. In the lyrics. Yep. Now, if anybody knows, go ask Barack Obama. Barack Obama. He wants to hear about the weatherman. This is pre-Obama, yeah. and he's dropping the weatherman. Yeah. I think uh, any Fox News listeners are being triggered right now. Did he just say the weatherman? I'm not listening to this shit. We Fox. brought that up when he was friends with Bill Ayers. God yeah, damn Bill it. Ayers. When he was howling around. Remember that? Howling around howling. with Bill Ayers. Bill Ayers. That's right. Yep. man. Yeah. yeah, and if you if you guys don't know who the weathermen are, research it. They're not good people. Dude, wait till wait wait till we do our fucking dorm damage about Fox News personalities <laughs> in the nineties. Um, yeah, there's just that whole at the end. Remember, I talked to you guys in the beginning about there's certain things I don't remember. Like I know the the this chorus is in my head. Take the power back. Yeah, uh, but there's that breakdown, that soft guitar. I love that little breakdown. No more lies. No more lies. I fucking love that. That's part that sticks out for me on this. So, you know, we're on it. We're on a roll. We haven't hit anything bad yet. 
Settle for nothing. All right. So when it first started, I'm like, it sounded Soundgarden to me. Hmm. When the kit, when the song kicked in about a minute in, I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's more like Black Sabbath. I'm like, ah, Black Sabbath, Soundgarden. Okay, I get it. I get it. Like all the volume swells and the sounds from the guitar, the scratches he's doing like in one ear of the headphones and not the other one. But overall, I didn't love the pace of the songs because when Zach like goes angry, it's almost like it's uncontrollable. And then you add this like dreary, down-tuned Black Sabbath feel to it, and I kind of lost a little bit of interest. Halfway through the song, that guitar solo is completely different feel than the song, which I actually like the guitar solo. And but that's in the end, really the only thing I super liked. And I get it. If we don't take action now, we'll settle for nothing later. Thanks, Zach. Like, noted. <laughs> right? But I started thinking after this fourth song, I'm like, fuck, these guys got to be careful. You say go burn shit, people will go burn shit. Like, I, after watching the video for Killing in the Name, and I'm listening to these songs going, good Lord, you got teenage kids out there. Uh, this, these guys got to be very careful. Cause they got a voice and they could be very dangerous. Yeah, and they, when they weren't around in the internet age, when this came out in the, tw- yeah. the social media age, and, you know, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so settle for nothing. So it's a, it's a fourth song and a different, completely different song. You're seeing a side of rage. You're like, Oh wow, this is kind of weird. Like they just blew my face off for three songs in a row. Now, what are they doing? It's different. I like it. I mean, it's, it's not what you always want to hear from rage when you listen to them, but I like that they can do this. The very slow, painfully kind of calm and like thoughtful song that kind of like occasionally rips into these outbursts of anger. Um, Morello with like those that those dissonant kind of like sounds that are kind of swirling in the background, kind of making it like uncomfortable for you to listen to. Um, I love the line and I love the way he says it when he says, if ignorance is bliss, then wipe the smile from my face. Like, I, I think that is just so awesome. And then it goes into that really cool solo. And you're like, what is going on right now? The, the band is kind of grooving right now. It's like we're in like a jazz club here. It's like, you know, if we don't say something now, we'll settle for nothing. Later. And then and then you can feel that rage against the machine swell. And then all of a sudden he explodes Morello's guitar is just like making these like horrible sounds that sound like so uncomfortable. And again, that's the point of the song. Um, 
for that reason, I love it. It's a different ver it's a different version of what Rage does, and they they do it well. And Zach, I, I, again, it's it's a basic it's basic kind of cry for let's do something, settle for nothing. Um, but I don't know they do it well. All right, so settle for nothing, Sonny. I had written this is '90s alternative style opening. That's a '90s. This is a uh, something we would hear on shuffle. That opening, yeah, is definitely that sort of grunge. We would have called it alternative. Yeah, just like we didn't call it grunge then. Just like we didn't call hair metal hair metal when it was happening. That's right. It, it's almost like the the dreamy part of coma. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Right? That whole yeah. section where they like the guitar is just like, and you're like in this like little world. Every time I think he's at his boiling point angriest, I find another song he's even more angry. Yep. <laughs> he needs some therapy like that works. Not that Paul Stanley therapy where you're more fucked up than ever. Like real therapy this guy needs because he is very upset. And that middle part of that solo, that whole shit that was going on, that solo, favorite part of the whole song. Yeah. Favorite part. I, I think it reminds me of one from Metallica. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. That whole shit is so good because I know no way is this song going to end like this. <laughs> right. There's got to be a swelling. Something's coming yep. and you can feel it. It's like that guy that we talked about, that guy, Jacob Givens, who oh. does those TikTok and uh, yep, videos. Yep, yep. And he did one of, of Freedom. Freedom. He's oh like, yeah, these guys are angry, but I'm learning. But, uh, <laughs> and, he's, and the guy's like bobbing his head. And he's like, Wait. he's angry. No, I'm angry too. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna get worse. And they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yep, that's what I feel like in a lot of these rage songs. And the whole, I'm sorry, but I think this is my favorite of all his phrases. <laughs> settle for nothing now, and we'll settle for nothing later. And I think, I think it's Sunny had kind of made a point when we were talking about something at one point leading up to this. And I think that is. The KISS fan motto. Why are you going to do this? You'll settle for nothing <laughs> now, and you'll settle for nothing later. Yeah. Well, what about, are they going to play a new song in the set list? No, no they're not you're gonna, going to. You're going to settle for nothing now. For now. And you'll settle for nothing later when they do no. the same fucking set list. That's right. That's exactly. It's the KISS fan motto. Oh, that's good. That's right? good. Yes. Oh. Now, let's uh, move on and get a bullet in the head. Blast it through your head, blast it through your head, blast it through your head. 
bullet in the head. So I remember thinking after the, listening to the song, you know what? It is kind of a shame. Um, I'm not the most, you know, political guy and government guy and all that, but like you listen to the news, you listen to presidential addresses, you don't quite know who to believe. You don't know if somebody's trying to spin something like, and everybody says, oh, we're giving it to you straight. We're giving it to you unfiltered. We're not picking a side. But then when they're done telling you, they picked a side, right? So it's it's so interesting that that's, that's how things have become. It's interesting. Uh, Zach mentioned cellular phones in the song. It's 1992. They're not mm. exactly, you know, common yet. So I thought that's that good, was good weird. point. Um, Morello's pitch shifter. That's like, you know, got that Sabbath on steroids kind of thing. Those sounds are just awesome. The Wawa pedals getting a serious workout. I was thinking, do you think the, the three guys ever say, Zach, like, you got any other words? Like, can you not keep saying the same thing over and over? Um, I just wondered if they say that the bass sounds great in the mix. And, you know, we've said a, it, a, it about a couple of songs they know how to get it to like this rage in the song like they know how to build it they're not to break it down i think it's the little noises too right it like everything feels like they're walking down an alley about to kick somebody's ass and the little noises are the noises you would hear in the wind and shit like i i don't know how to explain it but all the things that Tom is doing matters to the buildup. Mm-hmm. And normally it's the bass and the drums that only matter to the buildup. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. So good song though. Like the song. A bullet in the head. It's so funny. When you listen to these lyrics, you're like, my God, this song was written 30 years ago and every word matters right now in 2022. Yeah. This is incredible. Like it shows you how we have not progressed like at all. I'm so I'm not going to go on a rant here, but I'm like 30 years ago, he writes this and it applies right now. Um, but that, that being said, Oh my God, this song, I, I don't even know where to begin with this. The, the, the bass, what Morello is doing with those guitar sounds, you can tell that he is a public enemy fan. Because if you listen to Public Enemy in the in the in the seventies, Public Enemy in the eighties, they were famous for having these dissonant earworm sounds that didn't seem like they fit the song. But if they removed it, you'd be like, "Where is that sound?" They do it in this. He does it all the time. It's not the only song he does it, but it's real prominent in this. Just victims of the in-house drive-by, and then there's like this really weird like solo, and then oh my god, when you get to that final. Two minutes and 13 seconds. When that bass riff comes in with the, and then Morello joins them. And then the whole band kicks in. You got all three of them with that groove. And then it's, and then it simmers. It, 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 it slows down a little bit. And then when it's, when it speeds up, when he just says bullet in the head and the band's going, and then all of a sudden it shifts gears and the tempo kicks up. I'm just like, this is, this is, this is nobody else could do this song right here. And at the very end, I know I, I, I love it. It's, it's not, it's not the same as the other song that we're talking about, but when he is just screaming and he says, you got a bullet in your fucking head. I'm like, that's rage against the machine right there. This is why you are listening to this band. And this song is just, 
nobody else can do something like this. I, I, and, and I think this is this is why this band is is who they are. They they they're unique. And if this is what you're into, they're going to give it to you. They do. They do it. I don't think they do it any better than a bullet in the head. Uh, bullet in the head. It went up to number 16 in the UK. Again, wow. nothing in the US. Wow. Uh, second single. This is the song they were going to play on SNL, the second song. And they're yep. like, get the fuck off the stage. You're out of yeah, here. Imagine that. I know. <laughs> because they had the inverted American flags on their amplifiers. That's right. Again, government use media control the population kind of there's always a message in their song so they continue in that trend with this um apparently they took this right from the demo just threw it on because prior to this album they had like a seven song demo right or something like that and they most of those songs just went on this album that's right Yep. Right. And a lot of the songs just on a side note a lot of the songs that did not make it onto this 10 song album are available like on B sides. They released the 20th anniversary box set. A lot of those songs are like easily could have made this album. I told like, you my favorite is Darkness. That's yeah. on that made it onto the Crow soundtrack. Yep. There's a t- there's a couple songs that could easily have fit on this album. Yep. Yeah. You missed an opportunity there. Where you should have went with that is all these songs are available on Kids Bop 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Nursery rhyme edition. Fuck you, mommy. I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. (laughs) What's that? Daddy, put Uh, a bullet in your head. Well, the song isn't about violence. It's saying that people are stupid. And uh, you got like a bullet in your head. You're fucking brain dead, basically. Not I'm going to put a bullet in your fucking head. Right. I love the chorus musically and lyrically. Just victims of the in-house drive-by. Doom, doom, doom. They say jump, you say how high. Doom, doom, I love it. Doom. I love it. Like, oh yeah. The solo, that Morello tone, it's just <laughs> what the fuck? And the ending, similar to killing in the name of the buildup. I bullet in your head. Screaming. Love it. There's a video, another performance video. Yep. The one part about the video I will mention is the fact that they show the clip of like we were talking about earlier, Morello solo. He's not like rocking out to the crowd. He's like going back to the amplifier. He's got his finger. He's touching all sorts of fucking buttons. And he's doing these crazy noises with the guitar. You're like, what the fuck is he doing? But it's interesting to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the video where I'm watching kind of what Zach is doing going. Okay. This, this dude can sell the message vocally and visually. Yeah. Right. There's, there's a piece because. Really, homie looks like he's about 110 pounds wet, (laughs) (laughs) right? He ain't going to scare anybody with his girth, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He looks like the guy from Arrested Development. He looks like Sideshow Bob. <laughs> like the guy, not the not the TV show. I'm talking about the band. Tennessee. Oh, the band. Oh, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. He looks like way, that guy. Which, by the way, I saw them at a Lollapalooza one year too. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. And then the the fucked was that in the Ford logo? It looked like it was like in the Ford logo. I think that's a, yeah, that's a play on the Ford logo, I believe. Yeah. Why did Ford do something to people? No, I think fucked. You talking about the F capitalist big? Yeah, F U C T. Yeah, that was like yeah. a '90s. Like I think it was like a some alternative like skateboarder type of friggin' logo oh. or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Alrighty then. Alrighty. Uh, <laughs> know your enemy. Next.
So know your enemy. Love the intro guitar part. Love the slap and bass. Such awesome funk. Love the riff. Stop the music. Then the riff is just in one ear. Then you build it back. Like I think Morello figured out early with this band. You can't just have a bunch of screaming with the singer. Like there has to be something else because we're coming out of a hair metal generation where all the guitar gods were in it. Like you got to do something to keep people interesting. But these are the songs I'm telling you, they got to be careful because this shit could start a revolution. I swear. Now this whole, uh, bridge section with, uh, Keenan. Yeah. I don't like anything about tool. Not one single solitary thing. I cannot stand tool. I fucking love this bridge. Mm-hmm. The bridge is done so well. The message is great. I didn't know that the compromise and conformity and assimilation and submission and ignorance and hypocrisy and brutality and the elite were all American dreams. I, I must have missed that somewhere. Um, but then Zach just screaming that at the end with no music. Like that feels like maybe a happy mistake, right? It's like, cut the music. See how that sounds. Oh yeah. It sounds pretty good. Put it at the end, right? Like it, it was a good idea. Whoever came up with it all in all great song. And that guitar solo dude, this was the song where I'm like, okay, Morello can basically do anything. And I basically thought this guy was a shithead my whole life. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Maynard James Keenan, he was almost the lead singer of Rage Against the Machine. Oh, um, God, dude, I cannot stand. Don't, you guys like Tool? I can't stand. Tool. Uh, I don't mind Tool. They are a band that you, uh, this is another. We say this all the time. It's another band that for me, you got to be in the mood for incredible musicianship. I mean, they have songs that are 10 minutes long. They got the best drummer in the business right now. And Danny Carey, if you care about that kind of stuff, the band is incredible musically, but it's not the kind of band you can be like, let's put on Tool. Like it's, it's, it, but, but yeah, Mater James Keenan was almost the lead singer of Rage. Um, and another fun fact Perry Farrell was supposed to do this little, um, breakdown, uh, but he was not, uh, he was not around to do it. Um, but anyways, know your enemy. So the thing I like about this, so take the power back was like a funky, like rocking kick ass tune. To me, know your enemy takes that format and just turns it up to like a hundred i mean this song is so outstanding it again it shows you the different things they can do with their with their music the kind of songs they can write when that riff kicks in and zach just screams know your enemy and then boom then the drums and it takes and then you have the full band going it, it it's just it's incredible and again another song that is just mind-blowing live i mean the crowd absolutely loves this live the solo again, Morello using those effects, which everybody loves. I love it. And then, of course, friggin' Zach goes on his American Dreams rant, which you love when Zach repeats stuff, don't you, Sonny? <laughs> when I first heard this burn, song, burn, I'm like, gonna burn. When I'm burn, when I first burn. heard the song, I'm like, why does he keep saying all of which are American Dreams? Is this song? Is this gonna end? Like, what is he doing? But I like how he's like compromise conformity assimilation yeah. submission ignorance hypocrisy brutality of the elite and then he says all of which are american dreams and i'm like damn no, dude no he doesn't he says all of which are american dreams all of which, all of are, which american are american dreams, dreams. all <laughs> of which are <laughs> you can't say that line without saying it 15 times later. but it's like it's like god damn it zach 
you know how to bring the party down, man. Like, you're like, <laughs> God damn, you're no fun. But it's a it, know your enemies, a killer fucking tune. Oh my God. Yes, I have Undertow. I liked a couple of songs, the hits from that. It's all right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, ABCPA Inc. He loves them too. That's right. Tony Barone sent me their newest. I'm like, dude, just give me some time. I got to get through this rush one before I can move on to that. Dude, and I think uh, the fir- I think the it. I think the first song on the newest tool album is like ten and a half minutes long. It's like, <laughs> good like, lord! Look at Sunny. Good lord! <laughs> it's like that's the entire length of a Sleazebees album. <laughs> we could do a family feud category of things that you know that Sunny won't like. This song, Bing! It's over three minutes. <laughs> Number one answer. <laughs> Ooh, it's grunge. The guy, re- the, guy re- the guy repeats himself more than three times. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great family. The band came watch. out. The band came out in the nineties. Bing. <laughs> the right. band starts with R. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, the band's title is an R. <laughs> you win! Wow, we just won the grand prize. That was easy. Yeah. What the land of the free? Whoever told you that is your enemy. <laughs> That's a very Chuck D delivery. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> what's that? What's that line from uh, Bring the Noise? What a buffalo. What, what a buffalo. <laughs> That's what they all think that he says. Right? <laughs> uh, but Death Row. What a, what a brother. No. <laughs> Death Row. What a <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> what's crazy about this stuff, though, is. All right, Zach's taking shots at the government that basically provides him his living. Yeah. <laughs> but if he lived in the UK and was taking shots at our government, we wouldn't be okay with that either. Right. Right? Because well, you don't live here. Who the hell are you? Exactly. Right? So it's like you can't win. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah, go go tell him to do that about the governments he's talking about the US is oppressing and see if he can get away with saying shit like that over there. Oh, he'll yeah. be strung up he'll by Morello's. Out. He'll be strung up by Morello's guitar strings. <laughs> you, you know what it'll be? Hey, do you remember that time that one band tried to play a song? <laughs> Good luck. Exactly. Um, yeah, I love it. And, and again, I, I almost take the opposite approach. I love that he says that line and repeats it, and then the music's gone. It just makes it like more poignant. Like, like exactly, much more powerful. All of which are American dreams. Yeah. Oh, and he, he pauses. It's not like he just says it, says it. He pauses and makes yep. you think about it. Oh, yeah. all of which are American dream. Earworm stays in with you. That's yeah. how I know these songs. That part. All right. Wake up, Sonny. Who has to use the laboratory? <laughs>
So wake up and kind of like what Zeus was saying earlier, this is when I was like, all right, haven't we already heard this song? <laughs> like this is kind of similar to others. Um, but I, I will tell you, I, I like the unique way to incorporate, incorporate Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, mm-hmm. and then came the shot. Good idea. Morello scratching the guitar strings. I mean, he's basically shit. He almost sounded like he was like scratching a record uh, on his, that was crazy. So I get stupid with this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I need to know what the hell he says in the middle. So I go on this search. So here's what he says in the middle. Okay. He could be a real contender for this position. So they're talking about Martin Luther King becoming a black Messiah. This is Jay. This is, this is Jay Edgar Hoover's FBI. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Should he abandon his supposed obedience to white liberal doctrines and embrace black nationalism through counterintelligence? It should be possible to pinpoint potential troublemakers and neutralize them. Okay. And neutralize them. Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover. I get it. You know, you, you hear this, you're like, okay, Sonny, you're a minority. This doesn't sound right. Like it's, they're trying to figure out how to protect the country. They don't know who's an enemy, right? They don't know. And you're supposed to protect them against foreign and domestic. They don't know what they're talking about. And they're kind of talking out of their asses a little bit, right? In the end, we have, I think when you're in the middle of it, it's hard to tell what's going on. We have the beauty of being armchair quarterback going, all right, what these guys were doing was wrong. And they saw the wrong things. But we're looking at it 40, 50 years afterwards when you're in it and you're paid to protect the country. I don't know if this is black and white and that. Yeah, I'm not. It's true. You have the you have the you, you have the luxury of, of 60 years, 50 years in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hindsight. Um, But the song itself. It's another example. It's it's similar to what Settle for Nothing is doing, but Wake Up does it way better. It's Agreed. way better, and I'll t- and I'll tell you uh, because it starts off with a really interesting groove, and there's a solo. The groove then kind of shifts gears again, and when Zach just screams to the point where his voice breaks, when he's like, "What was the price on his head?" And then he's like, I think I hear, I think I heard a shot. And then the band starts to come up to like that, like simmering boil again. And like, we've said it many times, you know, something's coming, you know, something's coming. And after they play that recording or they play that clip of J. Edgar Hoover's memo, when Zach goes into wake up, I think no other song on this entire album, maybe no other song in the entire rage catalog captures I bullet in the head is close. Wake up is just incredible because again, we've said it before his credibility behind the words that he's saying to the point where his voice is, his voice is breaking. And I just think that emotion and that aggression just comes through so much. It's just, it's, it's something that rage is just really good at doing. If this is what you like, no, no, I've said it before. Nobody, nobody does it like them. And this song is just a killer killer song especially when you consider the message behind it so wake up it's got another one of those alternative rock sounding beginnings totally it sounds yeah. like purple a, a portion of purple stp type yeah like alternative like still remains or something like that it's like then in it then in it you're like yep. it, it it's not 
Pearl Jam Nirvana shit, but a little bit STP, maybe Soundgarden-ish. Hard to take it serious when he says flip like Wilson. Like Wilson. I love that. Flip like Wilson. What a lyric. I love that. <laughs> oh, man. They murdered X and try to blame it on Islam. All right, motherfucker. Uh, I will keep my political views to myself. Who else fucking killed him? Yeah. It wasn't a fucking. <laughs> it was his other fucking Muslims that killed him. But that's. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. You have, there's enough shit to bitch about in this country. Don't make up shit to bitch about it. It wasn't the government that fucking killed Malcolm X. So that's just me. Okay. Anyway. And the spoken word of J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover is a dick in any fucking century. Hoover. He was a dick. body remover. Yeah. What a he great was a fucking, He was a corrupt asshole who fucking only did shit to keep himself in power. So whether you were a Republican and he liked you or a Democrat, he liked you. He liked you if you allowed him to do his shit and do behind the scenes. He was fucking corrupt on both sides of the aisle. He's just an asshole and hurt a lot of good people, unfortunately. Uh uh, Araldus Chapman comes out to this song, Tom, as his closing. Did I you know saw that? that. I'm like, what a weird song to come out to. Jesus. Uh, it's that's like, why his that... ERA is a 22. Yeah, I was going to say, take that away from him. He doesn't yeah. deserve something to be like, oh, he has that as a closing. Give him something stupid. Give him the B-52s to come out to. <laughs> the fact that he takes that spoken word from Jay Hoover, he knows that. Let me throw that in the middle of the song. Yeah. That's another one of these earworms in the song. But uh, Freeman wake up a hundred thousand times at the end, too, as usual. Angry song. But for me, it doesn't work as much as the other angry song. Really? Yeah, I think he's angrier. I think he's angrier in Bullethead. I think he's angry in the we'll get to that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Angry, I feel. But I mean, to say he's not the angriest on this song is not mean he's not angry. He's off the charts. Oh, yeah, he's right. Compared right. to anybody else on any other album. But just for this album, he's middle of the pack angry. So and if uh, voice breaking is uh, something that you like, go listen to every Nirvana song. <laughs> His voice cracks and everything. <laughs> if that's your gig. So let's get a fistful of steel.
fistful of steel so soon as it opens again i'm like all right soundgarden metallica like it <laughs> kind of just feels like that cool riff love the bass line that piercing siren sound that morello's mm-hmm. doing works perfectly with a vocal track like i can't imagine anybody else doing it that way i'm thinking that the mad boy zach's talking about himself these mad, guys mad, are, mad boy grip the microphone yeah i guess that's him um <laughs> when zach sings that verse a 44 foot uh full of bullets I thought that was like a dog screaming in the background. Then I'm like, wait a second. Is that Morello's guitar? Like yep. just the kind of weird nuances. These guys just, they have it down. So cool for it to be a first album and to kind of have that as part of your sound and then be able to put it in a way that you can't not do it, but that have to remember you did all this weird shit that is like part of almost the vocal melody. Um, I, I, I think Zeus, I think that's about the best I've heard. Yeah. He's like doing experiments yeah. as a nerd doing yeah. guitar experiments on stage. Cause you know, he ain't got nothing better to do. So he just <laughs> does that. Right. So, uh, I really like the song. I, I think the both wake up in a fistful of steel and probably a lot of these other songs, but this is just kind of when it came to mind, it's, there's this whole feel of there's been people in history that have gotten close to actually making a difference. And every time that fucking happens, somehow they die. Yeah. We're not exactly know who to blame it on, but today we're going to blame it on the government. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. This is another one of those songs, you know, it it doesn't might not have the groove of, of know your enemy or take the power back, but it's another one of those just, just, just bludgeoning aggression filled songs. Um, I mean, if the vibe was suicide, then you would push the button. But if you're bowing down, then let me do the cutting. And then he just screams. And then the band just when the band crashes down on the endings of these songs, it seems like like the band is like completely like in disarray, but it's like controlled aggression. It, that It's like that's the that's what this band is so good at. They know exactly what they're doing. And it sounds like it's chaos but it's like organized chaos and all of them are participating in that. And you're right. Those drones that Morello's doing, that is so public enemy. You go back and listen to, especially the 1987, it takes nation millions to hold us back. There are so many songs that have those, those little bits in the song that just get to you. And he, they do it so well. And definitely here in fistful of steel, he does that. Fistful of steel again with that drill guitar. Yep. I'm telling you, it sounds like that, uh, Eddie uh, song pound cake. Yeah. Yep. Throughout the whole song, a fistful of steel. That's the part that gets me. And this is the part I remember about this song. Uh, it's got that weird solo, of course. And he throws out a Shaquille O'Neal. Love uh, that. I love when they throw out those terms of 90s yep. stuff. Yep. You know, Riddick bow overhand, like Riddick. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Um, I, I like the song, but it's, uh, for me, it's uh, it it's doesn't stick out compared to these other ones. Okay, and uh, but it's got a good groove to it, so can't really say anything bad about it. All right, let's go to the next track. Rebel, rebel, yell. Good people still dwell in hell. Locked in a cell, you're stuck as a 
Township Rebellion. So when I first heard or read the title, I'm like, oh, this got instrumental fucking written all over the <laughs> shit. Heaven forbid we do an album, don't got a goddamn instrumental. So the music starts. I'm like, all right, there's the thump. There's a crazy guitar noises. You got a cowbell. Like, are we going to get uh, lyrics? And then I'm like, all right, all right. This is an actual song. Pace changes were cool. This song, a lot of other songs too, kind of had my head bopping kind of the whole time that feel changes right for the guitar solo. I'm assuming that's a guitar that could be a guitar for all we know, <laughs> right? We don't know really. <laughs> um, and then I started thinking, I'm like, man, these guys must've been amazing live because to pull some of this shit off, they were the energy that you have to pull it off with. I never got a chance to see them. Mm-hmm. The scream at 315, there's a lot of times where Zach screams and kind of like Zeus said, the voice breaks, which is interesting. It it adds a uh, flavor. It's not perfect. doesn't have to be. So that's good. In the end, this song felt like it was two or three songs like jammed together. Yep. But somehow it worked for me. Like normally when that happens, I'm like, hey, I don't like that too much. It's a little lazy. You guys put three songs together. Don't got nothing to do with each other. But in this one, it kind of worked because they prep you with these like jabs and right little right hooks because they're always kind of messing with the pace of the song. So they always found like, sound like different songs kind of jammed together. So when they actually do it, it actually kind of works. So I like the song. Yeah. This is a weird song. I remember when I, when I got the album, I'm like, what the heck is going on with this weird bass line? And the, and the, it, 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 there's a guitar is like squealing and there's like a cowbell and it's like, and then all of a sudden it's like shifts gears and it goes into like this like heavy chorus and then it goes back. And then it's got that wicked, like that uh, again, that kind of menacing groove where you think there's like a calm and then it blows up in the last two minutes and 15 seconds. It's like, you know, why stand on a silent platform? Fuck the war, fuck the norm shackled our minds when we're left on the cross when ignorance reigns life is lost and then he just loses his mind again like it just I, you know it, it it's just so crazy the songs that they're putting together lyrically and musically and like you said Sonny how it works it, it it I just think it's such a unique thing that they're doing they're like yeah I'm listening to a rage album right now like I'm not listening to anything else I'm not getting confused with any other band right now lyrically and musically no one's doing this shit and um yeah, this is a weird song for me because I just think it's it is disjointed, but 
like you said it well, they they're pulling it off, but it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a, it's a weird song for me, but it's, it's rage and it's on this album. I love it, but it's, it's a unique one. Township rebellion. It starts off almost exactly like the uh, classic from easy. This is a stick up Tom. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is a stick up. Everybody get face down, Ren gag their mouth so they can't make a sound. <laughs> there you go. That means we're doing an NWA album soon. We're doing that's the easy E solo. Oh, okay. Nobody okay. move. Nobody, Nobody get, get hurt. hurt. Oh, yeah. That was the biggest titties that I ever saw. <laughs> Why stand on a silent platform? Fight the war. Fuck the norm. Yep. That's the that that's the uh that's the clip of this song, and it stays in my head. Dun, dun, dun. I love it. Yeah, this is another one that I'm like, yeah, all right. This is kind of the, yeah, I don't really get it. And then, boom, that part comes out of that song. And then I'm like, yep, now I remember what song this is. Yep. Uh, and uh, just another one that's, again, I have, you you find something in every one of their songs to, to latch on to. So you may not like the groove so much, but you'll like the lyric. You may not like the lyrics, but all of a sudden the bass comes in. Or you might not like it. The, there's always something interesting going on with these songs. So it's hard to just dislike something. Oh, this is terrible. It doesn't work. But there's always something I, at least I find in all these songs. Let's go to the fourth in, single in the last song. Freedom. Um, okay. When I first heard it, I'm like, all right, didn't we hear this song already? 
<laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, I guess ACDC sounds similar too a lot of the time. So I guess that's okay. <laughs> then I realized, because what I do is I listen to the songs without the lyrics for a while. And then I uh, read the lyrics as I listen to the songs. And there's a point where Zach says, uh, with poetry, I paint pictures that hit more like murals that fit. And then I started writing, reading other lyrics. And I'm like, Zach pats himself on the back a lot, <laughs> right? This is another bomb track. That's kind of patting himself on the back right like out of it. the gate. Really? I like it. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, his arms are long, I guess. Um, during the guitar solo, so subdued, it almost had like a little jazz to it. And then the last 20 seconds with all the weird noises and all that completely fits the whole album. I love the story and the lyrics and how it kind of all fits together. And then the freedom. Yeah. At the end, great closing song. I had no idea about the story. If the intent was to go make me search out the story, I did it and they won. And, uh, I, I thought it was a really well-written song. And I think, you know what? Zach should pat himself on the back because he wrote some really good stuff on this album. Yeah, uh, it, it, incredible album closer, perfect album closer. Um, really interesting in 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 st- uh, story being told start to finish. Uh, this is probably one of the more specific lyrical stories that he tells about Leonard Peltier and all that story. We can get into it when we when we talk about the video. But yeah, the anger is a gift, and that part, the little things that we've talked about throughout this album, when he says "bring that shit in," and the band just boom, just all just jumps in. I'm like, fuck, that's why I love this band. Like these guys just, they kill it. They, when they, they know how to kill it. And again, at the end, you said it, Sonny, Brad is like kind of just hitting those drums. It's like kind of boiling, boiling, boiling. And then just the freedom. I mean, everybody knows that just, I mean, it's almost as not quite as legendary as the fuck you. I won't do what you told me, but just that freedom, just screaming, screaming, screaming. Um, And he says, yeah, right. It's just, oh, it's 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 incredible but some of the lyrics in this song i mean yeah I, I won't read them in case somebody pulls it for their lyric but my god i mean just an incredibly crafted song lyrically just i mean a killer killer ending for a track this is the reason this was a single i'm surprised it wasn't the first one but um yeah freedom killer yeah I, again i freedom this is their fourth single this is the one that I was telling you about that uh, that uh, Jacob Givens that. Uh, oh well, yeah, we'll share that. Well, yeah, that is fucking. Hilarious. Oh my god, the scream at the end is just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you want to get up and scream yourself. The build up again, maybe that's the third one, almost like a trifecta there between bullet in the head and uh, wake up uh, and freedom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, boom. Uh, I love this song. I it, it's always been kind of catchy for me, and uh, it always gets me in a kind of a mindset. It, it transcends like it's something that I don't have to be in a mood to listen to. It's one of those that I can put it on a '90s mix. Yep, and throw it in there. Where some bands are like, I, if I'm listening to Soundgarden, I, I can't put on Soundgarden between Kiss and right. 
fucking Cinderella, you know, I, but this, I, I feel I can move it around. It just gets you all worked up. Uh, there's a video with all sorts of fucking like thought provoking images and comments and performance video, people flipping out at freedom. It's just insane. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the story is incredible. I mean, it's so, we're not going to give you a history lesson here, but it's about the case of Leonard Peltier, who was put in prison and wrongly, wrongly imprisoned. I mean, I'll give them credit when they put the video together. Not only are they showing you visual things, but they're kind of telling a story that there's words on the screen. There's a scroll at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of telling you the story. I, I'll be honest with you. Before I had to see, I had n- knew nothing about this case. So they, yeah. if they got their point, they got their point across where I was like, oh, what is this? Oh, wow. That is kind of a crazy story. I never heard of this before. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, it it's in the video, the, it's, it's a well put together video. Yeah. Did you notice that Tom's hat said poser? I did. I saw that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you, I'm wondering, yeah, like, the- I'm, I'm like, who's that? Who's he pointing that? towards you know what i mean like what yeah this is the shit this is 92 right about yeah yeah this is the shit that used to drive me nuts because uh according to nirvana pearl jams were posers exactly it's like how authentic do you have to be to some of these people how pure like that's the shit that Kurt Cobain would do it drive me nuts like shut the fuck up dude but that's that's the 90s yeah you're right like everybody's like oh more fucking I'm talking about more serious things death suicide yeah I'm talking about heroin overdose and homelessness oh yeah well meanwhile kiss is like uh uh it's like a glove (laughs) yeah but but and it's the same it, it happens nowadays like Oh yeah, nice Led Zeppelin shirt. Name three songs. I, I don't know. I just like the the shirt. You poser. Like you know, it's like it's like give me a break. Just fucking do yeah, whatever you want. That's but, that whole poser thing. Fucking killed it. Yeah, and that's what killed what is got deemed now hair metal. Yeah, that poser like fake, inauthentic. Your music is silly. It's yeah, bubblegum. It's for fucking you know. It's sophomore. Yeah, it's sophomoric. sophomoric. It's not to be taken seriously, and that's the shit that happened. In that, you, you know, you can keep two worlds around. Of course, you don't have to be in one. You can yeah. be in both. Of course. Go ahead, Sonny. Yeah, I was going to say if you know what Morello said. Obviously, I'm sure is right. Where you were reading, hey. Yeah, we're signed with Epic, but we got control over all our videos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. If that's the case, then they did an amazing job with the videos. Yep. Because I don't know shit about Rage, and I enjoyed all three videos. Yeah. Right? So, and I learned a couple of things, and they could have easily all three been contra videos, right? You mm-hmm. could have had a Weezer thing with them in the Happy Days. Thing oh, with Jesus. On. Imagine that. Like, you know, who knows <laughs> yeah. who comes up with all that shit. Yeah. But if Epic allowed them to be them, then I think that they got the best of all worlds. Mm-hmm. They had to make money. They got to give some of that money away. They got to have a big voice on a stage and it never got taken away from them. And they ended up being underground and popular. How many people can say that? It's true. It's a good point. Yep. Yep. Right. So um, it's a good video. I really liked it. Yep. Very well done. All right. Well. Those are the songs from Rage Against the Machine. Do you want to have a overall kind of thought analysis on the whole album as a whole, Tom? 
Yeah, I mean, my pick, you know, I told you guys what I think of the band. You know, I've, I've been on their, uh, on their bandwagon or whatever you want to call it since day one. Uh, seen them in concert a bunch of times. Love the album. I mean, I, I listen to Rage routinely still to this day. They're on Shuffle. I got them on a couple playlists. Uh, based on what I'm hearing from you guys here, I'm, I'm not going to lie here. I am pleasantly blown away by both of you here. Um, really, really, really pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I, when I pick this, I'm like, I know there's people out there that like it. I know that these, that Sonny and Zeus aren't like metal screaming guys. And, but the band has kind of an undeniable groove to them that kind of can kind of get you through some of the vocals that you may or may not like, but uh, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised to hear what you guys uh, thought of this album, but I, I, I love this. It's a standout album. It's a freaking killer album. Um, I'll jump in. So not to, to beat a dead horse, but I'm going to, I you could light it on fire. Ah, Gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) And if the horse will die, Sonny, it won't, it didn't make it alive. (laughs) Uh, But I knew you liked rage against the machine in college. This is why I'm still fucking pulling what's left of my hair out about how much you love rush. Cause I never, like, I know the bands you like, and that's why I'm still harping on the fact like, that I didn't know you love Rush that much. It's still because no one else liked him. You couldn't play Rush, yeah, but, but Rage, like you name a band. I'm like, oh, Tom likes that. Tom yeah. likes that. I know he likes that. I know I've heard him yeah. like I've heard him talk about this. So even Steely Dan, I remember. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, Tom likes that band. Yeah, and okay. I don't listen to him, but I know you did. Right. Anyways, right. to get back to this, I they were always around. You'd always hear them through the '90s, where I, I think. The 90s was my peak music love, meaning where music mm-hmm. was so important in my life. I didn't have a full-time job yet. I was still in law school. I was still living at home and going out, you're buying albums. You're, music is everything. We're talking music with everybody. Before we go out and we're drinking, we're playing music. Yep. It was the biggest point of all our times. Rage was always around in that mix. I never owned an album. This is the first Rage album I have. And uh, I'm glad we put this on the, you know, you put this on my radar. I'm not pleasantly surprised because I kind of knew what they were. Just didn't, wasn't familiar with the songs. Yeah. Uh, I like the album. I do. Uh, Where I rank it, I don't know. Because you know me, I don't know until I look at the chart as we're doing these. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm, again, we've yet to put an album out here that I fucking hate. Yeah. So that streaks alive. Thank you for yep. picking this and thank Good. you for putting it on my radar. Good. Sonny. Uh, I like this stuff better than grunge. Is that saying much? I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. Has funk, the hip hop, the metal, a little bit of punk. You know, if I got to choose between like depression and anger, like I'm going to choose anger. I agree. Um, I, I will do the same way. Of put, that's right? a good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, the energy is incredible. The production is outstanding. The music to me is kind of like a red hot chili pepper, Cypress Hill, black Sabbath, Sly and the family stone, and mm. like the hottest ghost peppers you've ever, <laughs> ever tasted into a blender. But I'll tell you separately, I'm not a big fan of red hot chili peppers or Cypress Hill or yeah. black Sabbath or ghost peppers. But blended, <laughs> Same here. But blended. God damn, did this work? I enjoyed most of the album. Wow. And Morello got a whole new respect. Yep. I have never owned this album. 
totally my bad. Need to get a copy. I was blown away. I've been listening to this shit for a straight month and it didn't get old and had my head bopping every damn time. And I had to be careful because I'm like, I'm on the floor with 3000 people in the building going, I'm not doing what you fucking tell me. I'm not yeah. doing what you fucking tell me. I was like, okay, I got to burn. Um, careful Mr. Pooney, um, <laughs> you need to yeah. come down. I'll fuck you. Like, won't do what you tell me. I'm like, Is it I true do- that you told your employees to put a bullet in their head? Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Did you tell them to be like some guy named Fitch Quan Duck? <laughs> Why don't you just light yourself, light on, yourself fire? on fire? So, you know, I'll be humming and people will say, so what are you humming? And Nothing. a lot of the times I just tell them, <laughs> but I had to be careful with this. I enjoyed listening to this album. Thank you for picking it. I'm going to go pick up a copy. I thought it was great. Okay. See, now I feel like I'm being punked because I cannot believe, <laughs> I cannot believe that I turned Sonny onto something from the nineties, let alone this. I am literally so pleasantly surprised right now i'm so happy this is i'm so happy oh you um, haven't heard me rank it yet that's man. okay Hold that's okay that. just the your comments on, i don't care if you rank it last that's fine if you rank it last the fact that you enjoyed it to the point where you kept listening to it want to get a copy that's all i care about one thing before we move to the rankings i totally forgot about the zeus i'm not sure if you remember this so senior year at, at stoner we lived in these townhouses and they were two stories and that when you went to the top of the stairs on the landing there was like a big giant a big a big wall and people had posters and stuff. I don't know if you remember this. Who's one of our friends, Maca. I'll just call him Maca. Do you remember when they used to sell posters that were like, like six feet by 10 yes. feet? I know what you're talking about. Go on. He had this album cover on. The, so when you went up the second floor of his townhouse on the landing, you saw this album cover, not in a two by three foot poster, in like a like those wall size posters that was there at the top of the stairs. I remember. Yep. I just thought that was wild. But anyways, let's get to the rankings. All right, Tom. Uh why don't you lead us off? Song number 10. Okay. I'll just say this right now. Very difficult because there's no skips for me on this we album. We always preface everything I know. when we do these. Go ahead. Number I got uh number 10, I got settle for nothing. <gasps> I'm out. See you later. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Fistful next? of steel. Who's that? Oh, Zeus is now. Okay. Zeus has Fistful of Steel. Okay. My number 10. You'll settle for nothing now. Uh oh. And you will settle for nothing later. Uh oh. That is the kiss motto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine for me, I got Township Rebellion. People are insane. Uh, wake up. Oh my Lord. That's terrible. That's not terrible. Uh, my number nine was killing in the name. Ooh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's got to come up with more lyrics. If he's okay. To story to me. <laughs> the lyrics aren't enough. All right. Uh, my number eight, take the power back. No skips here. That's why we're all angry. I like this. And we all like all the songs. Zeus number eight. Uh, shit, man. This is not easy. Let's go with. I already picked that. <laughs> Let's go with Township Rebellion. Okay. My number eight is. 
bullet in the head. Ooh, wow. These are bad rankings, Sonny. But you like the album, so I'll, I'll let it slide. Uh, number seven for me, Killing in the Name of. What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you people? I'm with people skills. I'm good. I'm a people person. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, know your enemy. What? We are all over the place here. My number seven is freedom. Wow. Freedom. Oh, goodness. You got to take the right you can. <laughs> all right. My number six is Best video. My number six is bomb track. Reminds me of the bombs and eek. Remember that? <laughs> yes. <Girl? laughs> God. Yeah. We went to college with this girl named Dominique who had a huge rack, and people used to call her bombs and eek because we were idiots back then. Back then. Oh, because back then. I, because I'm sorry. Because she, <laughs> she got her titties banged. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm sorry. We're, we're much more mature now. <laughs> yeah. Zeus, six. I, I will probably go with. Uh, yeah, you're talking about ten. Ten years I'm in the business. Ten years you in the business. Uh, I'll go with bomb track too. Okay, Sonny. My number six is Township Rebellion. Uh, my number five is Fistful of Steel. All right. Number five, take the power back. My number five, Fistful of Steel. My number four is Freedom. Number four is Freedom. Number four for me is wake up. Nice. Uh, that's my number three. Wake up. Bullet in the head. Number three. My number three is bomb track. Number two for me is know your enemy. Ugh. Number two, the kiss fans will settle for nothing now and they'll settle for nothing later. Wow. Number two. Wow. And you settle for nothing now okay. and you settle for nothing later. What about that? Will you will you guys add a track off the on, on the next tour coming up? No, you no, around? no. Why no, not? Wake, wake up! Because no. <laughs> you, as a kiss tard, will settle for nothing now, and you'll settle for nothing later. Exactly. My number two. Know your enemy. Am I missing something about that song or something? Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah of all these great tracks, this is number two. Yes. Uh, oh. Number one for me, without question, bullet in the head. Uh, number one, it come on, people. What's wrong with you people? Killing the name is the best song on this album. Not even close. Yeah, fuck you. I won't do what you're talking <laughs> <laughs> The best song on this album, hands down, is Take the Power Back. I don't know what down, the hell Chuck D. Sonny is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the defense is wrong. No. There's no bad picks here. I said that, except for except for Zeus having settled for nothing at number two. Oh, you guys are wrong. That song rocks. It does. And that, the, the whole the whole point of that is the whole thing. It's the lecture to the kiss. It's, song. The, it's the kiss. It's the kiss song. Right. It's okay. that kiss connection that makes me like it more. Okay. All right, so tied for fourth, Bomb Track and Freedom. Number Uh-oh. three collectively was Take the Power Back. Number two was Bullet in the Head. And number one was Know Your Enemy. Okay, so Killing the people name are fucking did insane. Not take, make the top four. 
Um, killing in the ki- killing in the name of we'll have to make the the poll is going to have to be killing in the name of know your only bullet in the head take the power but we can't have killing in the name of not in the poll. <laughs> yeah, I have you two to thank for that. Well, because the song's overrated. So fuck you. I won't do what you told me, dude. If we're gonna be like that, then all our all these songs off these legendary albums, like you, you, fatigue, is gonna kill it all. No, it, it, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It's not fatigue. The only thing I like about that song is the fuck you. I won't do what you told me. The rest of the song, I'm like, eh. Dude, that whole bait. No, I know. I know. And oh, it's just building. Some of those that work forces, Tom, are the same that burn cross. Oh, we forgot to say that sometimes he changes the lyrics. Oh, that's right. When he performs it live. And he says, sometimes says, are the same that burn churches. That's right. There's some food for thought, Sonny that, Pony. Well, is that, is that when he sang it over in Europe when they were burning churches? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, <laughs> all those, all the, what? I don't know. I just, this is just too deep. We're like talking, we like, need to get to back talking about snakes and titties. And now we're talking about like burning churches. We've had way th- three albums in a row, way too high intellect. That's oh why, my God. That's now why, that I think about it. You're right. Way R-E-M. too serious. But that's why Sonny's going to save us by picking some dumbass album next month. <laughs> oh, I guess I will pick Rat. <laughs> yes. Rush. <laughs> R.E.M. Rush and Rage. Fucking rage. Too much thinking. Oh, holy like depression, anger, all sorts of medication we have to take. Exactly. We have to listen to these albums. Yeah, we oh. need to get back to we need to get back to sexy time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no kidding. Ooh. Ooh, all right, boys. Now we go over to album covers. Uh, we're not gonna say all fucking eighty albums we've reviewed. We're just going to say, how about this? Let's say what the top five album covers combined ranking are right now, as of now, are number five, Highway to Hell. Number four, Moving Pictures. Number three. Appetite for Destruction, number two, Blizzard of Oz, and number one, Peace of Mind. Tom, you want to say what yours are? Yeah. My top five covers, number five, Peace of Mind, number four, Highway to Hell, number three, Moving Pictures, number two, Blizzard of Oz, number one, Purple Rain. All right. So Rage Against the Machine album cover. So this is unique because it's not like it's like entertaining, like the Highway to Hell, the Blizzard of Oz, or the Purple Rain. I mean, it's, it's real. It's a fucking guy setting himself on fire. My God, it's not something you want to see all the time, but it's iconic as hell. I mean, it's 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 awesome. Um, I'm gonna put it at number three. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna put it at number three. I'm gonna put it behind Purple Rain and behind Blizzard of Oz, just because those are. It's gonna take a lot to get Prince on a purple motorcycle with Apollonia in the background. It's gonna take a lot to knock them down. Beep beep. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to put rage at number three for me. Cause that purple rain. And I still love that blizzard of Oz album. Okay. Uh, I had slided in snakes and titties. Number five peace of mind four, appetite at three blizzard of Oz is two hotel, California at one. Uh, I am putting this at number 15 right underneath hail to the King and above shooter McGavin in night songs. Shooter McGavin. All right, my top five, five, Hotel California, four, Purple Rain, three, Moving Pictures, two, Slide It In, one, Peace of Mind. It's going to be hard to move uh, Snakes and Titties or Eddie out of my top two, but Homie burned himself alive. He's going to number three. Nice. All right. All right. You moved, both you guys moved 
moving pictures. Wow. Well, moving pictures didn't set themselves on fire. So, yeah. Now, I mean, those jo- two kids. I, I mean, no. Joan of I, yeah, those two kids were on fire. <laughs> then you, t- <laughs> you, light, now you, you light, got some. You light, you light that little girl on fire, you're going to number one ranking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go to albums overall. So, right now, the top five ranked albums combined for us are number five, Shout at the Devil. Number four, Back for the Attack. Number three, Pyromania. Tied technically for number one is Mechanical Resonance and Appetite for Destruction. Wow. Now, if you guys want to look at the whole list, go to shoutoutloudcast.com. You can see all our rankings on the album review crew page. Yep. Tom, what do you got? All right. Right now, my top five albums are number five, Mechanical Resonance. Number four, 10. Number three, Shout at the Devil. Number two, Purple Rain. Number one, Moving Pictures. Oof, this is difficult. This is Rage Against the Machine. This is my pick. Um, oh, this is so tough. Usually I know exactly where I'm going to put my rankings here, but this one is. Ooh, you're taking a page out of my book. You're not doing it until you see. No, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling because it's one of those albums. It's like, it's just so different from everything else. Just do what uh, you always do. What? Put it number one? Yeah, that's what you always oh, do. Oh, no, no, it's not number one. <laughs> it's not number one. It's not number one. Uh, all right. Not the okay. Puma. Here's what I'm going to do. Hey. I'm going to put this at number four. Wow. And the reason being, I got moving pictures, purple rain. I almost put rage at number three. The reason why I kept Shout at the Devil at number three is just because Shout at the Devil is probably one of the most impactful non-Kiss albums of my youth in terms of forming my like rock and roll metal kind of history there. So Shout at the Devil staying at three. I'm putting Rage at four. I cannot believe you put it over 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because you know why? I, I absolutely love 10. Rage does not have a song like Oceans, and Oceans is not a very good song. Oh, Oceans rocks deep. Okay. It's a different story. Okay. Um, let's go. Uh, I've got five, Appetite, four, Pyromania, three, Blizzard of Oz, two, Hotel California, number one, Automatic for the People. Uh, this is, see, this is the shit that bugs me. Every time I see Hailstorm so low, and I have bad English ahead of it, that I mean... I need to move that. I, I feel like I should have a, uh, what do you call it? A, a mulligan. One, yeah, like one album you can move. We've talked about that song. before. We've talked about doing like a mulligan, given you got one free pass to do something. Yeah, over. like it's um like in, in sports when you can uh, unload a player and release players against the cap once a year. <laughs> like That's what I want to do. Yeah. This is bullshit that it's there, that low. Now look at me. I have slided in at number 22 <laughs> and I love that album. You know what I mean? I love that album. Yeah. So I am putting this at uh, not the bottom, Tom. Okay. But I'm going to put this at 24. Okay. Below load. Okay. And above black tiger. Okay. That's pretty impressive. I'll take Hell that. Yeah. I'll take and again, that. even moving pictures. I do not dislike it i don't right. hate it 
I don't really hate any album uh, on this list. There's no. some that I prefer more than others, but there's really nothing I hate. Sonny. I absolutely have albums I hate on this list. Okay. <laughs> My top five uh, appetite is number five, four slided in three hailstorm, two purple raid, one black tiger. My dead last is automatic for the people. Oh. That's important to know because this album is better than automatic for the people. Why? I would say this better, this album is better than peace of mind. I am putting it at number 14. Whoa, my God, my head is about to split in half. You just said that rage against the machines debut album is better than peace of mind. And yes. you are, and you're an iron maiden tart. And I am an iron maiden tart. Oh, this is see, I feel like this is victory. Let's queue up victory by heat right now. Why don't we end the and, show now? And it's in between. It's never heat, gonna happen again. It's in between heat and iron maiden. Actually. Shocking exactly development. It is. Shocking yeah. development. We did I didn't get 14. one brutal from you the entire show. Nope. I can't I'm blown away. Nope. Blown I away. Didn't deserve it. Didn't deserve I know. It. Pleasant surprise. Amazing. All right, boys, that's that. You know what we do next? Tom, why don't you lead us off? What do you got for you make me rock hard? All right. Uh, All right. I, uh, all right. Uh, I always like to talk about movies, especially horror movies. And I'm going to talk about one that I just saw recently. Huge movie in the theaters, uh, but it just was dropped on Paramount Plus, And that is called Smile. And the movie is very creepy. It doesn't really do anything quite 100% original. If you've seen It Follows, it's kind of like that. If you've seen The Ring, it's kind of like that. But it's very well made. It's very disturbing. The plot of the movie, I'm obviously not going to give it away, but it's very fucked up. And just seeing people smile when they're not supposed to be smiling in itself is just unsettling. This this is a good one. This this is a good one. I I highly urge people to check it out. Smile on uh, Paramount Plus if you have it. I I don't. I'm not sure if it's still in the theaters, uh, but that's I caught it at home on Paramount. So uh, for me, this is a documentary. I think it came out during the summer and it's George Carlin's American dream. Oh, nice. It's a two part doc on HBO. And I think uh, for those that even aren't really big fans of George Carlin, if you watch it, you will find yourself having a newfound respect for him because he put everything into his craft he wasn't just uh looking for cheap laughs he put a lot of thought in. i've always been a carlin fan i liked it when you know probably after the in the like the mid 80s when he started getting really rough and like the meaner he got i oh, yeah. it better when he goes on tirades whether it's on kids names or pollution or um states and uh how we can solve the deficit by putting states 
together that are flat and then putting like sex offenders in one, the murderers, <laughs> the crazy and the insane in one. And it's just, he has so many great things. He's a brilliant. Uh, he's brilliant. Oh my God. I remember one time he talked about like people that he wants to punch in the face. And he was talking about a guy who has this like, like tank top or armpit up in the air, like on the bus. And it's like, oh, your armpits smell like a, like an anchovies cunt. Oh, I'm like, dude, Jesus Christ. Vile thing I've ever heard of. And he of. could say that he could get away with that. He, he would start off one of his specials about women farting. Oh yeah. Like out of nowhere, just the fart and women and just, just so mean and vicious. And you would laugh. Yep. Fucking hysterical. His last three to four HBO special. Fantastic. Well, anyways, yep. it's done by Judd Apatow, who does. Oh, wow. Obviously okay. has a, a huge affinity for George Carlin. And it's really a great like his personal story about his love for him and his wife who had a major drinking problem and how he stood by her and like the way they just the love they had for each other and his daughter and the stuff he would write. And uh, it's a fascinating documentary. They show some great clips and it's uh, it's called uh, George Carlin's American Dreams, two part special on HBO. I-, I fucking love Carlin. I think he's hysterical. Nice. Never Sonny. got into Carlin because by the time I hear him, he is so angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I, and thing. it was and I Fair. wanted like to me, Dice and Eddie yeah. were funnier. So I went that route instead, and I just could not get into Carlin at all. Watch his last few shows. They're fucking bitches. But they're so relevant now. And he would say, like, oh, I bet you Trevor's, Sebastian's, Alton would all get their asses kicked by the Tonys, Jims, and Bobs. And by all these pretentious names that kids have now. He's so fucking funny. <laughs> so my rock hard, uh, it came to me as I was listening to the Rage album. And hearing Zach scream reminded me of this clip in a movie where uh, this actor, uh, Peter Berg, is pretending to be a musician in this movie. I'll tell you about in a second. And he's doing like a 50-second song. And one of the lines in the song is butt whooping. And he's butt whooping! <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, Zach could do that. So the movie is the great white hype. I don't know. Oh, I remember that. Uh, I think I remember that. Yeah. 1996, Damon Wayans, Samuel L. Jackson, Jeff Goldblum, Corbin Burns, and John Lovitz, Cheech Marin, Jamie Foxx, and the ultra on fire hot Sally Richardson. The, uh, it's basically a comedy and like a satire because the movie is uh, inspired by the Larry Holmes fight against Jerry Cooney because Jerry Cooney was the great white hope. And the Jerry whole, Cooney. Yeah. Oh and the God, whole movie is fight. around, you know, how black and white matters in boxing and how it makes money. And Damon, Damon Wayans is the um, champion and he's a black boxer and his manager samuel jackson is trying to figure out how to make money and peter berg who plays the opponent is the only person who's ever knocked damon out but it was an an amateur fight so they decide to put this fight together again and damon doesn't take it seriously and blah 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 the movie 
the movie is great. I've probably seen it a hundred times. Love the movie. It's, it's, it's not, uh, they're not trying to be overly funny and they're not trying to be overly serious. It's kind of like in, in the middle, but there's no drama to this movie. It's pretty much on the up and up, but it's not like a spoof either. If that makes sense. Cool. Do you remember the movie? I've heard of it. I don't know. I don't remember. I actually, I don't think I've ever seen it to be honest with you. I know it, but yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. I like it. All right. Cool. Sonny, where can we find you? Uh, I'm easy to find, uh, social media, grownuprock.com, uh, podcast, rock city podcast, rock city is coming up on his 400th episode. Ooh, all right. Around 10 years. Joe's been you still have Casada with you. We still got that pain in the ass. Casada. You, you'll, you'll hit 400 and bounce. Him. You'll hit 400 and bounce them. Cause nobody, including his best friends will hire him to be a drummer full time. So now he's going to get all pissed off. Oh man. Now he's going to start doing memes of you. He won't, he won't, he won't, he won't listen to this. He's too scared to listen to rage against the machine. Tom, that's what we need to do. We need to combat his memes of us and do memes of him and Sonny together. Uh, Oh, sure. It's too easy. I'll be, I'll be the spoon. I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> okay. You can be the button boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Tom, what about us? Are we alive somewhere around here? Yes. Always go to our website. You find everything there. Shoutoutloudcast.com. You find all of our episodes. Uh, if you're listening to us for the first time, we are a Kiss-centric podcast releasing Kiss episodes every Saturday. We do these album review crew episodes once a month with our buddy Sonny. Uh, but go to our website. You can find all of our shout out loudcast episodes, all the album review crew, um, our new sidecast, Dorm Damage, the Zeppelin Chronicles. You can find all of these rankings that we talked about tonight, uh, all the rock hard lists, everything. And you can click on all of our social media links. We're uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. And you can email us also at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. We're easy to find. Website's the best place to go. It's got everything there. What we like to do is end on famous last words. Sonny, you got any? I think I heard a shot. 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 I think I heard. I think I heard a shot. Wake up! I think I saw a putty tat. Oh my god! So do you do you do you approve of wake up more than you approve of planets by Avenged Sevenfold? When he's uh, yeah, screaming. Oh, now okay. he's going to send us a song of him singing it too. Okay. <laughs> Instead, I warm my hands upon the flames of the flag to recall the downfall in the businesses that burnt us all. See through the news in the views that twist reality. Enough. I call the bluff. Fuck manifest destiny. Ooh, that's that's nice. Remember when remember when Kiss wrote lyrics like that on Animalize? Isn't that uh Horace? What's his name that did that? That talked about it. Talked about what? Manifest Destiny. Horace I know is Horace Graham. Um Horace Greeley. Wasn't that the one? Oh, Manifest Destiny? Yeah. I don't know. Westward expansion. Remember Horace Grant? No, of you course remember? I remember Horace Grant. Yeah. Yeah. That was Horace Greeley. The, he was talking about Westward Expansion. Westward Expansion. Yeah. 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 Go West, young man. That's right. 
Um, all right. Uh, I'm up. Yeah, Ugh. Bring that shit in. Ugh. Hey. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah, right. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah, right. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah, right. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. All of which are American dreams. <laughs> All of which are American dreams. All right, perfect. So, uh, Tom, Sonny, Rage Tards, Loudcasters, I don't know, Kiss Tards, Kiss Army, everybody involved, uh, thank you and have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Yeah, great time as always. <sighs> R.E.M., Rush, and Rage. Good Lord. <laughs> hey, that's what we do here. Guys, thank you so much. Sonny, always a blast. Zeus, these are always a blast. Thank you, everybody out there. All you fascists, all you anarchists, all you socialists, all you government-hating people. Thank you, too. Peace out, Girl Scout. There are no losers anymore. Everyone's a winner. No matter what the game or sport or competition, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy. No one is a loser. No child these days ever gets to hear those all-important character-building words. You lost, Bobby. You lost. You're a loser, Bobby. They miss out on that. You know what they tell a kid who lost these days? You were the last winner. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.